Guys, we are it. That's it. That's it. We're rolling. We got a podcast going. We're cooking with gas, as they we say. We don't have anything to pop, though. So it's 261. Yeah, open that up. Clank yeah. glasses. Yeah. God damn it. They're all, yeah. Everything we're drinking is relatively silent. Uh, so, yeah, we're doing a bit of a rum testing here, because why not? You know, we're not dead yet. Not um, dead yet. So one of our podcast <laughs> listeners was nice enough I to... I think I can walk. <laughs> to send us that uh, Diplomatico. And then, so when I said we were going to be doing some, uh, when I said we were going to be doing some rum testing, then uh, Daniel, boy, Daniel, boy, you went home and you just cleaned out your liquor cabinet. Uh, good no, job, dude. That's only about three yeah. percent. Daniel's got yeah. some depth. There's no. I doubt can tell there's it. some depth there when he so, when he shows up with the Austrian official 151 or 160 in this case. Sure. So I'm going to go ahead and I am going to start with the Diplomatico because. What the fuck? I mean, this is what we're here for, right? And uh, so this is our last official podcast before Christmas. So, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Festivus. And to everybody who wants to be in such a such a condition, such a state, we should all get in that state together. Oh, we're just going to have a little a splash, a little right? snort. Just a snort. Okay, that's good enough. We're good. Anyone take else would it. like I'll some of that? take some of that. Yeah, all right. I have to. You have to. Exactly. It was a gift. So, yeah. Uh, anytime anybody gives us a gift, you can I'm bet your ass. I'm going to do Cleveland Moto style. <laughs> it's just a a long pull. The uh, yeah, so smells delicious. Yeah, it's got that got that tobacco and leather going for it. Gracias to our Ooh. listener. Oh, that is good sipping rum. Mm. Oh yeah, I approve of that. That's something. Okay, yeah. that's tasty. Yeah, that's mm. that's gonna be. Oh yes. <laughs> Lovely. Well, as Dandel noted, it has a cork, um, not a screw-off top. It is a cork, not a screw-off top. It is a, uh, that's a cockle warmer. That's I'm going to wash that down with some of my mojito mix Get to get your coquito going, yeah. Uh, this is no. the mojito. That's the mojito. mojito. You've got the coquito. I brought the mojito and the coquito. Oh, the mojito and the coquito. Yeah, they are. And the coquito is. That's like drinking melted ice cream. Oh, it's so It's so awesome. good. I'm, I'm waiting for the end of the evening for that. Yeah, so we had dessert. our. dessert. What, yeah. go, what, what goes into that? That is a uh, Puerto Rican eggnog with no egg. It's mostly, like I think, a lot of coconut and cream. Mm-hmm. I know that part of the process involves soaking your alcohol, but you, you take raisins and some other stuff, and you soak them in the alcohol first, and then you pour the alcohol off of that is what goes into the coquito. And then I think it also has like some cinnamon and nutmeg and... Is that homemade? That is homemade by my good friend Leah Orazio of nice. Westlake, Ohio. Nice. But I turned her on to it because I used to get the hookup from a lady I worked at with, and she was actually Puerto Rican, so they uh-huh. make it all the time. But the rumor was, it was like, yeah, she's got 20 cats and she makes it in her bathtub. So I'm much more happier with my... <laughs> she has 20 cats and she makes it in her bathtub. Yeah. Wow. So I'm much happier with well, my current supplier. While she's in it. <laughs> well, she's well, she's in it. In it. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, that's the House case, flavors. Huh? Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. This one's got a little little streak of catnip to it. Yeah, that's it. What the heck? Is, but this does taste like. A, I mean, painkillers are akin to this. It's yeah, like well, it's, second it's, cousin. So it's that idea of the the nutmeggy kind of Christmas or eggnoggy flavored. Yeah. Uh, if you drink, yeah. it's eggnog without the egg. So if you don't like egg, like my wife can't stand eggs. So. Right. So for her, but she can drink that. And yeah, like it's it. a huge plus for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, couldn't be happier. To my left is, of course, Crumpy. Very good. In, in, using absolutely no microphone discipline whatsoever. We're going to at least try to get it in the same room with you. And then, uh, and to his left? Johnny Mac. And? With Steve two Hoffer. microphones. Come on. 
And you're Steve Hoffer on this one too. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm over here. Now I'm over there. Now I'm over there. Hello, hello, hello. And on the board tonight. And on the board tonight. <laughs> That's right. And on the board tonight. Chris. We're taking callers all night long. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Smith. And a humble narrator, of course, Phil Waters. Uh, Sleepy showed up earlier before you guys got here. Uh, so Sleepy showed up at about 6 o'clock, and we got all this set up because he had to fuck off to his work Christmas party. Nice dedication. Now, if you are a boss, let me tell you a couple of things about being a boss. The first thing is, um, if you want to really get the love of your employees... Don't give them more shit to do around the Christmas holidays. What your employees really need is time. They have families. They have in-laws. They have outlaws. They got shit to do. They got shit to do. (laughs) The more kids they have, the more shit they have to do, right? So if you're going to have a Christmas party, do it at the shop during the workday. Because one, nobody can grouse because they're supposed to be at work anyway. Two... Give them some fucking cheer, man. Like, give them some food, give them some booze in your work environment. And if, you know, if slutty Sally happens to do something she shouldn't be doing in the back closet, well, better story for next year, right? Uh, what happens at the Christmas party stays at the Christmas party. We all, party. right. Not really. Yeah. Oh, I hope it does, because uh, my Christmas party, we had a good, <laughs> it was karaoke, and uh, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can go into that later. But, I'll see so the yeah, YouTube video. So there. Sleepy's, unfortunately, Sleepy's. Going to, you know, Windows on the River, which is a beautiful establishment. This company, obviously, is throwing down the coin to get his, their employees and staff properly fed and liquored. However, as nice as that is, it's not the kind of discretionary fun that your staff might want to have. So I'll tell you what, save the $150 per, have the thing in your, house, in your shop, order in some pizza, and give each guy a $150 bonus. Yeah. Very nice. And I think if you do that, you'd probably be a much more appreciated as an employer. We did Chipotle today in cash. My so party. So our shop. Chipotle in cash. Chipotle in cash. Can't beat that. Can't beat that. <laughs> My party <laughs> consisted of uh, singing karaoke, uh-huh. take this job and shove it. Of course. So <laughs> yeah. like next day, I'm like, did I just resign <laughs> i believe i quit because it was on video and then my boss was like videotaping and i was like fuck you. oh nice <laughs> yeah yeah that's good yeah, yeah, that's fantastic it's a great time <laughs> it is a great time yeah over the year like for i've been doing this for 30 years right i mean at work like we're i work for a bunch of different cities yeah it used to start out with liquor and poker until you lost all your money Ooh. At, the pl- at, at your place, at your of, place of business. Right. Liquor, Liquor and, and poker. poker until you're broke. And then it slowly progressed. So they got rid of poker. Or they got rid of the liquor. And then okay. they got brought in. Be- and then it was beer okay. instead of liquor. And okay. then they got rid of the poker. Then they got rid of the beer. And now it's breakfast oh. instead of whatever. And it's. Well, shit, what's man. The They've taken all going? the fun out of that. Yeah. What's People the aren't getting real going? fucked up at breakfast. Well, that's well, a, really yeah. that was a conversation with you know, the firemen and everything. Like, Oh man, back in the day, the parties that we used to I'm have, sure the firemen, and then the police would come over, and then we'd take oh, their yeah. cars and we'd drive around, and the cops would jump <laughs> on the back of the fire truck and shoot their guns in the air. And it was like, oh yeah. It's like, yeah. Merry day. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yep. It used to be fun. Can't have fun anymore. So, you know who's having fun uh, this year? Segway to uh, our fun topic Honda. Honda Motor Company celebrates the production of 400. Million motorcycles. Million. Wow. Million motorcycles. And I love Honda. I'm we yeah, I mean this is that thing is I love Hondas too. I really I've always felt very much that that was my go-to. 
for many, many years. And it's when you think about that, 70 years. So they've been building motorcycles for 70 years. They're not, by any long shot, the oldest company that's still around. Royal Enfield is the oldest. I believe Harley's after them. <clears throat> you know, Moto Guzzi's been around since like 1921. So Honda's rather a late player into the game, but it is, when you think about 400 million bikes, that's fucking Just incredible. Kick it up and that is, that's pretty, pretty rad. Is that from post-World War II then? Yeah, it is. And so they started oh, in 1948. Wow. So in 1948, the company was officially identified as they were That's making little motors that you put on bicycles. Yeah. And it was a glorified wizard. And sure. they were just making the motors. And, you, of course, the Japanese people already had the bicycles. Yeah. So they built the, uh, they built the motor for it. Oh, you got a good color going there. Look little at that. A little in there. That's oh. like a butterscotchy flavor, too. That stuff smells so good. I almost can't wait till I'm done with this to try that. <laughs> you mix that all together. Do you know what I think is really nice about this? And I will take a moment away from my little history of Honda right now. But I will say that this is so hopeful. Like, they literally have the best of intentions for you. It's got a very small hole at the top. Do you notice how tiny it is? So you can't get much out of this at one time. It's got a very small cap. I mean, this is maybe an inch on its best day. Its ID might even be maybe 75 caliber. But the fucker's a hip flask. Yeah. How the fuck ambitious are you if you're going to carry this as your hip flask? <laughs> it is shaped to go around a human being. Yeah. That's just a little walking around town. This around. is a, I mean, <laughs> come on, man. What the fuck? That's for serious alcohol. That's for skiing. <laughs> I mean, this is a one, this is not a 750. This isn't a fifth. This is a one liter. And that's a no one shit. liter bottle. Wow. Yeah. Traveler. That's a one liter traveler meant to go in your fucking coveralls. And that gives you an idea of how Austrian work gets done. If no, the it guy that's building. the spine of a St. Bernard. It's supposed to be <laughs> the spine of a St. Bernard. It's actually this one for each yeah. side of the St. Bernard. Yeah. That's why it's curved. That's a chest plate. <laughs> fucking hell, man. I mean, that's a, that's a serious fucking bottle right there. That's it's pretty. It's. Pretty good tasting, though. It does it's, have it's a good taste. Pretty smooth compared you know to like a 151, which right. is just like just fuel. drinking lighter it's fluid. Yeah, it's just gas. That is tasty. Well, well, that would be, make a good walking around bottle out at the Progressive Motorcycle Show. Oh, that'd make a real good walking around <laughs> bottle. In fact, I, I think I think I see. I'm picking up what you're putting down there, Chris. <laughs> um, if any of our friends are coming in from uh, states that aren't Ohio, because we can't get that in Ohio. Uh, if you can go to your local Class 6 or your liquor distributorship or your uh, liquor store. Now, you got that at Binnie's in Chicago, right? Right. So one of our favorite liquor stores in the world is Binnie's. And uh, so that is available in the People's Republic of Illinois. Uh, if you're coming into the motorcycle show and you want to oh, give yeah. us some love, I think it comes in the form of that 1,000cc uh, high-powered 80 proof it, or 80, it's a 80%. It is a buck. Well, if you're not familiar up, with Benny's, it's like the Costco of liquor. It is. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, but you know what? Waxman's. Did you go into mm -hmm. Waxman's? Never been there. They have a section that's almost as big as Benny's. Oh, really? It's, almost, it's like they have a food store. Mm-hmm. And they have every variety of everything you want. Like, you'll go in there, and it's like salsas, like that Mrs. Renfro's. Yeah. Like, right. most places have, like, two varieties of it. They right. have all, like... 12 varieties this is Waxman's of it. in Illinois? In Waxman's. Mm -hmm. But they have a, a whole other section of the store that is only liquor. Oh, it's just it's, liquor. It's like a cost. It's just like, I mean, mm -hmm. Benny's is a much like neater inside. <laughs> but Waxman's <laughs> is, is like nice, yeah. a Costco with like pallets of liquor yeah. stacked up to the ceiling. Fucking A. 
Nothing wrong with that. And then they have uh, discounts. They have like specials where you can only get one six pack at the counter. Mm. And then, but it's all liquor too. Yeah. So it's actually a pretty good deal. It's like the discount Benny's. Which, which is a good resource to have. Brought to you by Waxman's. Yeah. <laughs> we are looking Local for sponsors. St- yeah. yeah. Uh, 1959. It took them from 1948, when they became a company, mm-hmm. 1949, when they produced the first Dream D-Type, which if you ever get a chance to look at a picture of a Dream D-Type, fucking beautiful motorcycle. Uh, just a gorgeous looking machine. I've only seen like two in person. But... That's it took them more than I've seen them. Ten years, so it took them ten whole years to become the world's largest motorcycle manufacturer, and that's saying something. I mean, ten years and you're already number one in the world. And that's everybody's had a head start growth. on you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They came into the game forty years later than Indian Harley Davidson, all those guys. Um, yeah, sixty nine. We got the CB seven fifty. So it took them ten years to become the world's largest motorcycle manufacturer, and only ten more years to create the world's first superbike. Right. So. Our company's 20 years old. We have not created the world's first superbike. No. So, um, but we, there's still You no go mind. much deeper than exactly. that. That's the sake of trying. Right. I mean, a company that's 20 years old. So You've God created some super shit. We've just created it. <laughs> I have manufactured a few exhaust systems that will live in infamy. The, uh, Forever. Yep. And so I think that's pretty, pretty rad. They've already produced 100,000 uh, DCT motorcycles. So they've got 100,000 DCT equipped motorcycles are sold in Europe since their introduction in 2010. I think they've got one of the coolest scooters. Which one? The Juno. Oh, the Juno. Oh, God, the Juno is the ever gorgeous. The Juno. Oh, my God. You're a BMW rider. That's a, uh, a horizontal yeah, twin scooter. Yeah, boxer. So yeah, just boxer like the Veliset Viceroy. The Veliset Viceroy is a boxer engine, two-stroke, 250. And the Juno is a boxer engine as well. Isn't and, that a four, is it a four-stroke or is I it still two-stroke? I think it is uh, Here's the interesting thing about a Honda Juno. Uh, we've been able to see a couple of them in captivity, and uh, one of them is at that Vittorio Tessera's Lambretta oh. Museum in Milan, and he's got all these bikes. And if you, you know, if you ever come into my shop and my little in-store playlist is going, it's got our trip to Italy in there, and I spent way too long in Vittorio Tessera's uh, museum because the man's there. He's giving you the tour on a snowy day when there's nothing else going on in Milan. And he made sure to give us as much, as much tour as we wanted. Uh, so good for them. Uh, just, just super, super cool. Well, your the, graphics uh, over here, too, show the most produced motorcycle in history. Yes. Yeah. And what 80, is that? 87 yeah. million yeah. units bike. sold. That's nuts. Isn't that insane? 87 wow. million I mean, of a bike. Wow. Like of a particular machine. It's a Super Cub, right? A Super, Super Cub. Cub, yeah. I, I mean, thought they exceeded, a, they're over 100 million now. Oh, wow. well, I mean, I don't well, doubt that. Well, this is as of 4 o'clock this afternoon, so. Uh, no, I, I thought they were over 100 million with the, with the new run. With the exactly. The new run of them. Right. Well, that's as and, of 214, maybe, yeah. so. I, I really do believe that Honda, now. Honda has <laughs> earned their keep in any, any yeah. possible way that you want to. They want to slice it. I think that they've, they really have done that. And I know a lot of times we tease them and we say that they're boring or we say that, you know, it's not so interesting um, or maybe they're not cutting edge and they're too safe or they're just too conservative. They're my favorite yeah, bike. Tell me that a RC-166 exactly. is right. boring or, or, or is too conservative or isn't racing. RC-51. I mean, any of yeah, the RC, right. the race bike. <laughs> Anything with 60. an RC in front of it, usually pretty peppered. Yeah, usually pretty spicy. Yeah. yeah, but just the dur- I mean, I like the durability yeah. and the economy. 
Absolutely. And and you don't need to stress the thing to the point of breaking. Yeah. Every time you you don't. I mean, that's what the beauty of Honda is. The beauty of the Honda is you can't stress it to the point. And of that's breaking. the other thing too is and <laughs> we we tease luck. all the time about Honda has these great ideas, but they're forty years too soon, or thirty years too soon. Uh, Nineteen eighty-six. Yeah, three years too late. <laughs> Nineteen eighty-six, the first Africa Twin. So, just like we tease about the GB five hundred, the nineteen eighty-nine GB five hundred being something like thirty years too early, mm. and yeah. So how how funny is it that the, the Africa Twin took this very very long time out in our country, especially? But uh, yeah. So in nineteen eighty-six, they were already building these Dakar style bikes. You know, the stuff that we call ADV. You know that that whole bastion of motorcycles now. Uh, so yeah, well well done, Honda. Good job, guys. Um, gotta, lo- gotta love that. At a boy, indeed. Uh, pretty pretty rad. Uh, so we were speaking in a previous podcast about what did we think that Han or Harley Davidson should actually give the people? Like, what product is Harley Davidson missing? If they want to bring new blood in, new riders in, if they, you know, everybody's beating their hand on the desk saying how they want to bring new riders and how the problem is we don't have any new riders. There's no 19-year-old people picking up the torch and becoming riders. And we've, I know we've all danced around uh, the topic, but I think everyone says, if Harley-Davidson wants to be building a motorcycle, you don't build a 700cc liquid-cooled bike in India uh, that is trying to be a cruiser, and their electric thing is, well, it's not being super well received at the moment. So we'll see how that goes. I um, need to build a standard. They're not flying off the shelves. What about like a small, what about a 350? What about a 400? Right? I mean, Harley's done that before. They did the sprint. Right. You know, they've, they've walked down that path before. But wasn't that a standard? It I mean, absolutely it was, a standard. was a standard. It was a perfectly a standard. I mean, it's... it's how, how long ago was that? Oh, 1965. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I don't think it comes down to product, though. I think it comes down to you know what some other manufacturers are doing better is selling mm-hmm. the lifestyle. Yep. And like, I think really just need, it comes down to like yeah content. Content. I agree. Well, somebody yeah. needs to come up with a really killer motorcycle mm-hmm. movie or a killer motorcycle something, where every kid is like, "Wow, that's super cool. I wish I could be that." Or like the cool, you know, right. they're like, "Yeah, you know, get into it." We got rid of our games. Or we got rid of our, our. We sold all of our crap and and we, uh, you know, we bought bikes and we went across the country and totally changed our lives. And yeah. we realized that we've been doing it all wrong and we need to get these bikes and. Yeah. We got girlfriends instead of just sitting in our rooms banking <laughs> off. <laughs> it is remarkable as a young person with a motorcycle how it does. It is one of the few times when it really works. I can assure you that if you are a 17-year-old guy and you get a 60s or 70s muscle car, you will not get a girlfriend. Uh, my buddy was just, we were just texting really? back and forth. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to cougar, though. I, no, you get an old man. <laughs> he's like, there's two, I met two things that really... Changed my life in college, and he was texting me and Kevin. I, we were, yeah. you know, we're expecting you two guys. And now he's pussy and LSD. Pussy and LSD again. LSD. They do change your life. So you buy a bike. Priorities get totally different once you get either one of those. Go get some pussy and LSD. So Harley Davidson signed a contract today to build a new motorcycle. No kidding. Three hundred and fifty CCs. All right. Right. I mean, so check it out. Now, here's an interting thing. It's not thing. the 383. It's a 338. It's a 338. 
It's a 338. So uh, uh, I love twin. It should have been a 388 because then it would have been an 883. An 883 backwards. <laughs> yeah, it was right a three. Yeah, exactly. Whoever missed that one. Oh yeah. So it's a 338, and I like uh, marketing. The whole idea of marketing spin is is just wild and out of control. So you'll see that it says, you know, Harley Davidson's new 338 is a Benelli under the skin. Oh, man, Harley Davidson's going to Benelli and having Benelli build him a small displacement bike. Because, you know, the Benelli 302, people have really been, they tested it. People like it. And, uh, but here's the trick, though, guys. I believe if you listen to any of our other podcasts, you might remember us saying something about Benelli. And uh, if we take a look at that Benelli picture that's morphing into the Harley Davidson on the screen... Uh, you'll see that it's the same fucking motorcycle, okay? So the Benelli's a 302, the Harley-Davidson's a 338. How they do that is the Benelli also uh, is available as a 500. The bore is slightly different, and so what they do is they keep the stroke off of the 302 motor, and they put the larger jugs on it, and that gives you exactly 338 cc's. So all they did is they took the jugs off the 500, put them on the... Uh, essentially short stroke motor of the 302 and that's how you end up with a three and they're calling it a 350 where is that benelli made right now i'm so glad you asked that question because um vigilant listers will remember us talking a few months ago about those ssr motorcycles and we we're talking about the ssrs we were talking about benelli's and uh that kind of stuff and here's the interesting thing about benelli that Italian company, what is known for making shotguns. Um, Benelli Motorcycles is QJ, Quanjang. Um, that's, that's all there is to it. There's no, there's no asterisks involved behind that. Um, there's, there's nothing beyond that other than a factual statement that is that Quanjang, um, which you... Um, Those bikes have never set foot in Italy. Right. No, not even close to it. And uh, so Quang Jang, they made a QJ75 that was a replica of an old pre-war BMW uh, that a lot that of people... was a pile. <laughs> absolute <laughs> pile of shit. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Find neutral. Yeah. Give you 100 bucks to find neutral. It's impossible. Thing. Yeah, it's exactly. It's got that lever on the side. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a big thing because uh, Quang Jang is as Chinese as China gets. There is nothing, uh, there is nothing more Chinese than Quanjang. And a lot of people are saying, well, you know, Harley-Davidson is being built in China by some fucking company we've never heard of. But Quanjang is uh, Geely. And if you're not familiar with Geely, you might be familiar with Volvo. Uh, that might be a name that you recognize. Uh, and they're now owned by that. Because yeah. that's Volvo. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, uh, Kiwi, Quanjang, uh, Lincoln Company, but Volvo is the one you probably will recognize the most, um, and that's uh, those products are made by QJ or Zhejiang or Zhejiang Quanjang. Uh, they've been, you know, the company's been incorporated for under different names for a while. They're a really big fucking company, $460 million in U.S. dollars in holdings, uh, 10,000 employees, and they do own Benelli. Uh, so that's a, that's a big deal. And the... Can I get a free shotgun with every purchase? That's what, you know, and I don't, and I didn't look, but I don't think the shotguns are being made in China. I don't, I just, uh, I don't have good... Um, Let's just hope they're not. 
I just don't have good. I, I, don't, I mean, I, they make China makes arms. They make arms. all kinds of shit. And like, and you know, seriously, at this point, why the fuck not? The uh, I couldn't, I couldn't find the research if the Benelli shotguns were. I couldn't. I just couldn't get the the data on it. There's plenty I mean, of shotguns well, that are made in China, though. I mean, if you look at like RK, oh yeah, uh, Rural King sells a b- bunch of. Firearms. Okay. Yeah. And you, I research every single one because they're all like, you can buy a shotgun for like 150 bucks. Oh, absolutely. And let's face it, the opposite is probably true. They'll sell you a shotgun and give you a free motorcycle. That's true, too. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> and that is. Which yeah. is not part of their marketing. Right. It, it's not, but it, it, that could very well. Yeah, that could very well happen. So I it bought is, a bike and I discovered. Oh, guns, and that, the other guns, one was. Pussy and LSD. And, oh, th- there's the other little car company nobody's ever heard of that's made by Geely. Uh, Lotus. That's got to hurt. Yeah, that's got to hurt. That's got to hurt. I mean, Volvo hurts, but Lotus has got to hurt a lot. Those guys that like Lotus or Lodi, yeah. But it does. It is kind of fitting. Well, the Lotus flower from China. From China. That's Lotus, exactly right. China. Yeah. So that that's a big deal. Um, so since Geely purchased Quanjang, uh, and Geely's a monster. Geely keeps trying to bring cars into the United States. So every year at every auto show, Geely will have a booth there, and they'll have the latest thing that they want to bring in. And they do a replica of, uh, a replica of the Rolls-Royce. They do replicas of every popular car. They do Range Rover, Land Rover replicas. They're like Kia. Yeah. And well, Chinese, yeah. They're just, yeah, they're a monster company. And, yeah, that's a really an interesting thing. So that's the company that Harley-Davidson is using to build the bikes. And, of course, uh, just like we, we, I know we made fun of it before, Remember that Harley Davidson went to India to have those bikes built in India, not for the American market. They were oh. built for the Indian market, and they've sold 14 of them. <laughs> those other 10,000 they exported back to America, that was just a byproduct of the fact that they're, that Harley Davidson company is manufacturing them in India. And if you think for one second that these Chinese-built Harley Davidsons are going to never leave China... You're you're living on fucking unicorn fucking smoke at that point. It's yes, of course they're going to be sold in America because it's going to be a Harley Davidson 350, and I for one, I'm okay with that because oh, at I least say something, but I shouldn't say it, so I won't. No, say but it. are they yeah. going to be isolated in the dealership like the the Street 500s and? Street are they going to disrespect them the same way they did the, the Street 500s and Street 750s? Exactly right, and that's the point. Is you know Harley Davidson went to they spent a lot of money to make that Street 500 and Street 750 thing happen. And what happened is, by the time they got to the dealerships, the dealers self-quarantined the fucking things. And the dealerships, I went, and they're trying to buy one, and they wouldn't give me the fucking time of day. And what do you think the price point is on that uh, 350 I can tell you that the as a Benelli, yeah. they're under four grand. Okay. So Any news on how many live wires have actually been delivered to customers? I don't know. There, I mean, people are out. The, I thought they're the, on hold now. No, they're, they're out. They're out. Yeah, again. they're out. Um, the, the real problem is a lot of the dealers, our dealer here, uh, they were initially g- getting the iron glove like you have to have the product at your dealership. So you have to spend the money in the high output, you know, on the uh, level three charger. That'd be a problem. One person in Cleveland would be like, I'll take the bike as soon as it gets in. Mm-hmm. There's got to be that guy out there. No, I'm pretending to be that. And they're still yeah. ignoring me. Um, I'm doing my best theatrics well, to make is, think you know that I'm what I mean? Like they can't, the dealership can't say, mm-hmm. well, I don't want to order it in because I don't want to get right. stuck with it because right. there's definitely somebody that will buy at least one of them. Yeah. And the dealership has to make an initial investment of the infrastructure. So to put that charger in, it's a lot of money. Oh, so there's so, a lot, there's all the plus plus. Well, if yeah. you want the live wire, you've got to take the, 
you got to take 10 of them and you got to take the charger. So a lot of dealers have said no, and they're just, they're not installing the, um, they're not installing the hard goods. They're not installing the chargers at their dealership. And if you don't have the charger, well, good luck representing the product. If you're plugging each and every one of them into a fucking 110 line, you're doing level level one charge. Can you use a level two on that? No. Level one or level three. There's no level two. Is there an adapter or anything that you could? I mean, it wouldn't work that way because. Oh, yeah, because the level. Your default would DC, be level right? three. Yeah. So your level three would be your default. And then you'd have this transformer that would probably, the transformer probably lives in the charger. I haven't actually held one in my hands yet. So the level one charger probably has the electronics in the charger. So that's, uh, that device is not built into the bike. They give it to you so that you can charge at home. Well, and potentially uh, that. The rebates back in Ohio. Yes, yeah, so we're going to talk about Mike. That. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you since go. Since the rebates back from the federal government yes. for the uh, on the electric bikes, it would be a good time to buy one. I mean, it, it would be a good incentive to to maybe go out and buy an electric bike. Fuck yeah! And I didn't check, but I think the re- I think that bill got signed today. Huh. So that's so a is it for really twenty. What's that? Is it for 2020? Not only is it for 2020. No, just, ni- just 2019, so. Well, no, Chris. <laughs> no, this I'm, is, teasing, I'm, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. There's only not four days far, left. No, you're not that far off, though, because they did that before. Yeah, they've done that before. So what so. they did was they, the, the bill that got canceled in 2017, they, they said that they were going to extend it, and they extended it by like six days. <laughs> they literally told you. They're like, oh, well, we're going to extend that. We're going to make it retroactive. Until the end of 2017, and they dropped the bill on, like, December 23rd. Assholes. So they said they, they got credit for doing it, but nobody could take advantage of it. Well, this year, what they're doing with this bill, um, I looked it up, and it's under the um, Tax and Disaster Relief Package, which is hilarious. It covers such things as transporting of alcohol. There's so <laughs> just much doing that. I just did. I saw it happen. Um, there's so much pork in this bill. It's ridiculous. If you read the bill, it makes you super angry at the way government works because you're like, it's a, it's a disaster relief bill. And it covers everything from like the, the, the classification of mead. Like, you know, none of that shit has anything to do with the disaster. You don't want to be troubled right. with writing all these separate bills. Let's I know. just have one omnibus bill. Right. And we're just going to sneak all kinds of weird shit into this bill. And we're going to call it the uh, Be Kind to Kids bill. we'd have to be so at that's work. That's funny because I thought state legislature could only have one subject in each bill. Oh, I don't know. This is a, this is a federal bill. Unless they're encompassing everything. Oh, it's a federal bill? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. well, then, no, bill, they yeah. can do that. Yeah. State government can only have one Subject in one bill. Seems smart, doesn't it? It does. It one does. subject and one verb. Well, then we'd have to <laughs> yeah. come to work. And, we, and two downs. We'd probably have to <laughs> he work. Ran. <laughs> yeah. Probably have to work more than 50 days a year. Yeah. It's, I mean, that is. Uh, so looking at this new bill, what they're putting through, not only is it going to be good for people who decide to buy the bikes next year, which is fantastic, but if you bought a bike in 19. Or 18, it's retroactive. It's radioactive back to 18? It's radioactive back okay. to 17. Right. Back to, yeah, back to 18, because right. 17 is when it stopped. So it would be radioactive back to 18. And uh, so you're going to get, you're gonna have to talk to your accountant and file a remedial tax report, but it could be worth it because it's 10% up to $2,500. That's all my account knows how to file a remedial. remedial. I was going to say mine too. <laughs> I never filed one on time. Yeah. 20 years of doing business, never been on time once. But think about that. For If you bought a $20,000 bike, you got two grand coming to you. That's worth making a call. 
Yeah. I want to trade mine in and get a new one. You can. And not only that, but it also gives you up to $1,000 credit on any charging systems you buy. Or if you put a charger, a level two charger in your house, you can get up to $1,000 on that. So this is a big goddamn deal. If you're an electric motorcycle, now it does do, I believe it does the cars up to seven grand, maybe. I'm not sure. But the motorcycles for sure up to 2,500 bucks. Nice. So if you buy a Sprinter, yeah. Did you hear that ad? For no. Okay. So a Mercedes has this ad. If you buy a Sprinter, you will get a $35,000 tax credit. Get the fuck out of here. It might be a tax credit. I think what you're probably going to do is you might, be able to write off, you might be able to write down the entire Sprinter in one year's taxes. They did that before to encourage businesses to buy new cars and new trucks. Right. They gave it. Uh, the year that I bought my Tundra, they made it. Excel, is that accelerated depreciation? Yeah, accelerated depreciation. Okay. So that we could claim the entire $30,000 truck on one year's taxes, which that does give you a pretty healthy kick in the pants on your taxes. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's I something. I heard, I heard that on the new, I mean, on the, they had an ad that said that you get sprinters and get 35000 Oh, that's a hell of an ad. I mean, that is a hell of a, a way to get your fucking attention is $35,000 off a new Sprinter. But I was, I was looking at them. They have like two liter engine. That huge van has like a two liter It's engine. always been that way though. If you look back to all the British, you look at every British crime story ever and you see the bad guys running away from the scene of the crime in a Ford Transit. And like up until recently, the biggest motor in a Ford Transit was like a 2.0 gas. Like that was the high output motor with maybe 140 horsepower. And, like, I was recently looking at, like, a 94, 95 big, tall transit that was made into an RV. And I was looking at an important one, and it had that 2.0 motor in it. So that same motor that's in every goddamn, you know, Ford over in Europe, every European Ford is that 2.0 gas motor. And, uh, yeah, but, so it's not uncommon to see these really big vehicles with really tiny motors in them in the Japanese or European market. And, yeah, they're not going to be going 126 miles an hour. You yeah, know. but they seem to do fine. They do fine. Well, yeah. like the Ford Transit I was telling you about, though, yeah. had the 3.5 V6. Yep. EcoBoost twin turbo. Now. That's 400 foot pounds of yeah. torque, 300 horsepower. And that's and better my, living my through technology. I a Chevy pickup truck with a 2.7 with the turbocharger in it. Yeah. And that's, I've, it's like 300 horsepower out of a four cylinder, big four cylinder. Yeah. And this is, and that is the difference between a 2020 2.0 liter and a 1972 2.0 liter. And yeah, they you know or a ninety two. You put one of those little whistle things diesel. on there. <laughs> you put a whistle on there. Power. <laughs> I do love I do love the fact that that little Toyota uh, don't call it a Previa. I got that that Toyota Estima, and it's got that turbo in it. And just even sitting in idle, it's just sitting there going. <laughs> and then you have to get a gas like, <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, it's got a turbo. It's it so adorable. Boost to idle. It does. <laughs> yeah, it does. It it runs a little bit of boost at idle. Yeah. <laughs> I drove it out to my mom's house, which is, you know, Madison. So it's like 50 miles out, 50 miles back. So a little quick 100-mile run. And I figured it'd be fun to just check the mileage on that. So I put my first tank of gas through it. 36 miles per gallon. Wow. wow. I know. And that was with a lot of idling, you know, you know, wintertime, figuring shit out. Um, so my first tank of gas was over 36 miles per gallon. So Nice. Nice. Really happy about that. Sounds like it's running right. It is running pretty happy. We're running a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty toit little motor there. Toit. Toit like a toyga. Toyga. The, uh, yeah, so that's, that's pretty rad. So that Harley-Davidson. So, again, 
we're going to have the SSRs here, so we're going to have Benelli's here. So we're going to have the same bike. Uh, Harley-Davidson's gas tank, as we've seen, is slightly shaped differently. It has a little bit of a Sportster-like shape to it as opposed to the Benelli, which is when more European. When you say European. we, you mean as in America. You don't mean as in Cleveland. Mobile. No, we got them on order. They're supposed to be here two weeks oh, ago. Oh, you do mean as yeah. in Cleveland. Mobile. Yeah, the folks at SSR didn't... Finally woke up and pulled their head out of their head? Yeah, I don't know. It took, it took a while, but... Yeah, you know, you I, I, tr- I tried door? to become a dealer September 29th at the Ame Expo in Columbus, and uh, here it is Christmas Eve, and don't have my bikes yet. You said but it was the hardest application you've ever done? Or not something? joking. It is by far the hardest I've ever worked to become a dealer of any line, and I've carried much, much more important lines than SSR, um, and yet here they are. Like, we just got a call the other day. That said, oh, uh, we don't, uh, we haven't shipped your bikes yet. Why not? Because uh, the shipping company uh, can't deliver to a residential address. Now, for anybody who hasn't been to the Empire of Dirt here, um, <laughs> this is not a fucking residential address. It's, it, it's never been a residential address. It's on goddamn U.S. Route 10, for fuck's sake. Yeah. Um, you know, this ain't a residence. It never has pretended to be a residence. And that was yet another excuse for another delay. So, you know, it's been a delay with the finance company. It's been a delay with the trucking company. It's been a delay with everything else. And all I know is the people at SSR are all saying, well, it's not our fault. You have to understand. It's not, it's not us. It's, it's the idiots we've hired. It's and, somebody else. Right. It's somebody so else. You but, hired them, and you're the, who's the idiot? Uh, it's, I know, I'm not going to talk bad about SSR because the guys that run SSR are trying to do a good job, and they're trying to do a good thing. But Let's not start talking bad about them before we even start getting their mic. Right. We'll Wait, talk so, bad about them plenty after we get a hold of that. And that's, a good, and that's an excellent point. Once we blow up their first bike. We always want to give everybody a fair, a fair leg to stand on, right? And so we started, we started with Royal Enfield. And for people who are listening to our old From the Crypt podcast episodes, right? From those 2011 podcast episodes? Oh, those heady days. Oh, those days. We were full of love and sunshine and optimism uh, <laughs> down in Dustin's so cool. basement. We're gonna That's love gone this. now. It's fucking gone now, yeah. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so those are deli- And by the way, if you're listening to those podcasts, they're delightful. Um, but... Just what wait until Chocolate Thunder comes along. Oh, my God. And we did, one of our listeners pointed out, that's episode 151. Is it? Cha-chow. <laughs> so Chocolate Thunder is episode 151. Oh, so I just dropped shit. episode four the other day. So we have another, what, 150? Yeah, we got a little while to go, right, until we get so to Chocolate Thunder. Class. So that's yeah. only available through drop? Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> John keeps his job another year. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! And for for the listeners, that right there—that's the sound of a that's the sound of success. Again, I do love the. the I'm getting a cookie. Oh, yeah, get a cookie. Oh yeah, there you go. That's a. I figure that's a moderate sized portion of the 160 proof libation. Straw. We'll go around the back side or go around the front side. Hey, John, just go around the front side. I'll move my microphone and give you a little gate action right there. Thank you. There you go. You're going to have to pay a toll, though, next time, pal. <laughs> the, uh, so, yeah. So, there. So yay, we got that. Oh, he's going to go around that way. Nice. Uh, toll jumper. Yeah, he is a toll jumper. Yeah, totally rad. So, you got your cookies. The uh, So, listening to those old podcasts... We were like, we were really excited to have Royal Enfield. We were, we were jazzed. Like, we were like, this is going to be great. And then, like, 
I can't, I don't remember what episode of podcast it is, but there is the episode right after you had to rebuild six motors oh, yeah. in like a long weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so oh, there was a, that time. You remember that? that? Oh, that was great. <laughs> that was a son of a bitch, wasn't it? That was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We had, um, we might have had. That's right up there with laying out in the street in 100 degree weather, rebuilding <laughs> the primary drive on a fucking old AVL model that we had oh, yeah. to service because now we're a Royal Enfield right. dealer. Oh, oh yeah, that was and that wasn't even a bike we sold. Uh-uh. That was uh-uh. a bike that somebody uh-uh. else sold that we were going to give customer service on with a sidecar on. With it. a sidecar so we couldn't bring it into the shop. So it had this big ass sidecar rig on it mm-hmm. and what happened? Primary took shit. Mm-hmm. So primary took a shit on this Enfield because the damn fool made the mistake of trying to drive it at over 50 miles an hour. And they can't do that. So, yeah. So, cheers to us, right? Oh, a lot of good times with those Enfields. <laughs> a lot of good oh, times. my God. <laughs> God, that stuff's good. That is... <laughs> holy shit. <clears throat> oh, fuck. You know what? That would only taste better at Mid-Ohio. <laughs> that is so much butterscotch. Like, that is... It's it's it is delicious. That's fucking delicious, man. But it's strong. And at 160 proof, it is stronger than fuck. I mean, that's that's strong. Cut it with Wash it down with a little coquito. Like, oh, oh it'll man. curl the coquito. <laughs> oh my god, that is strong as fuck. But I that did coquito, just. I think is 151, or I don't know. Yeah, she made it with 151. Before. But that stuff cures herpes and gonorrhea and clapatitis and everything man like that is seriously not now i know why the austrians are so good at everything yeah i'll take yeah. care of your tb yeah i will, I, will. Exactly. I dare you to drink i dare you to drink a little bit of that and try to build a rotax motor and then you'll know how good austrians are at everything so uh so yeah that's i mean that's listening to the old podcast episode super fun just really getting a kick out of it try to work on that because for me, listening to a current podcast right. just, that we just did right. last week doesn't hold much no. you know, like for me. But Although it does sometimes but, let me remember things I forgot <laughs> through the strategic use. Oh, shit, of I should have said that. Distilled Mark, spirits. Yeah. The, uh, so uh, uh, another little... You're supposed to be working the levels, Chris. Right, yeah, I'd totally be working the levels. Well, your mic's off, Johnny. So <laughs> yeah, you turn you off hours. Well, you're not even pointing at it. I mean, I, that I, micro, dude. Look he, at that. See that? I got. We got a neck on in. there and everything. You could make that. You could make that sound good if you wanted it to. Yep. Oh, so anyway, just back to the QJ thing. I'm sorry, Harley. I mean, Benelli. I mean, shit. Who are we calling these guys now? Um, Benelli is launching for next year, and it was present at the um, Eichma show. This ugly little motorcycle right here, uh, fuck that 300cc, fuck that 500cc. How about an 800cc? Looks like an FZ07. Sure does look like an FZ07. So then it's that familiar liquid-cooled parallel twin, eight-valve configuration. Um, very uh, interesting bike, and this is, uh, this is what we're looking forward to now. So whether or not we get these here, that's totally secondary. We're not... We're not too worried about it, but I did think it was worth mentioning. So uh, we have a podcast listener out there by the name of Chris Butler. And, uh, Hi, Chris. Hello, Chris. And uh, again, he's, we talk about the Patreon business. You know, giving us 10 bucks a month on the Patreon, it gives you the hotline number. You can call in, make suggestions, send us shit, whatever. Um, so Chris uh, sends a message that says, is there any particular part of Ohio that you would recommend a person moving to? No, I'm not Amish. <laughs> uh, 
we don't normally get questions like this. Uh, this is a first. Um, I wrote back, we're particularly fond of Cleveland. I'm particularly fond of Lakewood. Uh, Lakewood in particular is pretty amazing because Chris Hoff, yep. or Steve Hoffert lives there. You live, that's right. That's right. So, exactly. Is my wife is mayor? My wife is the headmistress at their uh, largest elementary school. Hogwarts. Dr. Waters at Hogwarts. <laughs> headmistress at Hogwarts. Um, so at the Horace Mann Elementary School. And so I was just saying, you know, rent and houses are relatively cheap in Lakewood. And you Ours do have... Plentiful. And they're plentiful. And, uh, and you got everything that you'll need in a major metropolitan area. Lakewood's pretty easy. It's a it's a pretty easy place to live. Plus, the people are cool. The people are cool. The school districts are cool. They got more bars than churches, uh, by far. It's not like that hoity-toity place Chris Smith lives in. He lives in the River de Raquet, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah, Un- he lives under the dome. Under the dome. <laughs> <laughs> under the Rocky River dome. <laughs> Controls the temperature. Are, and that. <laughs> Keeps out the ethnics. <laughs> That's what it is. So the, uh, and these things are all adjacent to our metro parks. So our metro parks run through there, and it does give you beautiful riding right at the end of your driveway. And if you're going to live in Ohio, this is a pretty great place. And if you like boating, you, it's easy to boat. If you, you like surf, you, you can God, if you can. I thought fucking, you were going to come back and just say no. Right. <laughs> I can't recommend. I can't recommend in it. Ohio. But we were thinking about this, and it is like I do love. All the places that I love to travel and all the places I love to go when I'm traveling, I could not afford to live in. So I can afford to live here and still travel. So you take Hawaii in small doses. You take California in small doses. You take wherever it is like you, do, you like to fuck off to in small doses, but you live in Ohio. So you but work I mean, in... The thing is, you have yeah. Lake Erie. I mean, you're right on the lake. Yeah, it's, it's totally It's useful. like being on the ocean if you want to be. Without the salt. If you squint. If you squint. If you squint. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's not... The the, the uh, seasonal change is yeah. nice. It is. I mean, I love the seasonal, except for spring. Except for salt. Spring sucks. Fuck salt sucks. Mm-hmm. But, but, I mean, standard, summer's nice. Standard of living's pretty good. And, God, and, and, that's, that's good. and it's relatively Luna's cheap. not Buffalo. <laughs> We're not Detroit. We're still not Detroit. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And uh, you got to read. Uh, I can say by far, yeah. uh, Cleveland in general is an easy city to navigate in. Yeah. Uh, you know, other cities, metropolitan areas, yep. hour rush hour, you know, right. two hours in traffic. If we have a big rush hour here, that's going to cost you about 20 minutes. I mean, I'm flying yeah. from Lakewood yep. all the way over the other side of town. Right. On a good day, 13 minutes. Oh, like, yeah. You know. Yeah. Same, same. Yeah. But the Cleveland roads do kind of suck. Uh, you know what? They've gotten a lot better. Uh, they I'm are. Actually gonna they were, but they getting... still kind of suck. Yeah. What, like Dead Man's Curve you're talking about? No, no I'm talking about the operators. Yeah, you're going to get potholes. Yeah. I'm not going to lie that's, about that, but it's not yeah. nearly as bad as it was yeah. even, For the most even five years ago. It's yeah. gotten a lot better. So, um, yeah, so Chris Jackson's writes back. can't ride on the, the streets on their motorcycles without smooth roads. That's true. <laughs> Chris writes back. Uh, Chris Butler writes back. He says, thanks so much. You know, you guys are the only folks I know in Ohio. Uh, and I trust you all more than the average bear. Are you coming to it. Ohio for pussy or what? Well, I don't know. Why is he, he coming to Ohio? I, we don't know. But he says, uh, oh, please tell Sleepy that hip surgery is going to hurt like a bitch until the second week. <laughs> Love the podcast. Sincerely, Chris Butler. Where, where is he? Where is he well, here's, so here's the cool thing. Chris sends us. So do you remember last week we were talking about those awesome katanas? And I was saying they were like 85, 86. He's, he checked me. He's like, dude, you're wrong. 
You don't know your ass from a hole in the ground. Um, 82 and 83. Mm. So, like, we've got a guy in Willoughby who's a katana whisperer. He's got all of them. He's got, like, 25 katanas, old katanas. And uh, he said, I'm Does stoked he to hear you. himself, too? What's that? Does he, like, like to cut himself? Yeah, he's like one of those guys. <laughs> Daddy didn't love him enough. <laughs> so uh, he said, so he's from Seattle. So he says, I'm stoked to hear you're going to be attending the, mo- the One Moto Show, which I am, and would love to buy you a beer, which you will. Uh, <laughs> he's driving down from Seattle. Um, I'm, I just booked a room 10 minutes away from the One Motorcycle Show because it's like downtown Portland proper. So, and I rented a car and stuff. So we're, I'm going to be mobile, hitting up the local tiki bars and seeing my friends and stuff that live in the area because I got good friends like AD. Um, if you guys have ever partied around Scooter Rally community, our friend AD Crawford is like, um, he is energy. He is positive power and, and he's just a really good, and like myself, he's been doing scooters for way too long. And, uh, but he's one of my favorites and he lives in Portland now. So I'm going to get to go visit him and that'll be fun. So he's got, this guy's got a buddy racing in the Gambler 500 class. So that's the pull starts like Sleepy was on. Mm -hmm. So that's like if your motorcycle has a lawnmower engine. Yeah. Game on. So. uh, Tecumseh or Briggs and Stratton? I don't even know. Right. I don't even know. But the. uh, Those are your options. But he includes some pictures of himself back in 1990. And check him out, man. He's got his street bike. So he's got a, like an 83 Katana, 82 or 83 Katana street bike that's all in its original trim, blue seat, the blue and, uh, the blue and gray two-tone seat. Yep. And then he's got his race bike, number 19, sitting there in all of its fucking glory. And I love that there's a date stamp on the picture. It says August 19th of 1990. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty badass. And then here's the picture I like. Oh. Look at him and those fucking Vanson leathers. They're all like the old elephant gray. Uh, getting a knee down. Oh, he's getting a knee down hard. And he's in like the, the, the gray shoey helmet and the leathers that look like they have been dragged behind a fucking SR-71. Uh, yeah, and there's him rocking that. Uh, he's rocking that Suzuki Katana around wearing the number 95 plate knee down. Looking fierce. Looking fucking fierce. And uh, I... You know what? That track to me, it looks like a Watkins Glen. It looks like a Midwest. Uh, yeah, that, that looks to me like either a Summit Point or a Watkins Glen, judging by the terrain and the amount of shitty grit on the runoff area. See milkweed in the run. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, that is, that is definitely not a West Coast track where they're like, they care about you and they don't want you to die and stuff. Uh, that looks like the kind of track that, or it's the infield road. You might be getting a knee down on the infield road. What does his tank say there? Is that a... It says Bellevue, I think, right? It so looks, it looks, like, like, the it, it looks yeah. like the road straight, it's got a sponsor, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it, it looks, looks like they just ground the road. For the- yeah, there's some track patch going on there. I mean, that is true early 90s racing. So that's any port in a storm racing right there. So our friends uh, Dean Middleton and the Army of Darkness, they'll remember all those heady, heady days at Nelson's Ledges racing 24 hours on shitty motorcycles. Um, wanted to talk about the Nelson, or I'm sorry, the Norton Atlas. Now, uh, the Norton Atlas is a bike that's being, you know, Norton, right? Uh, British Motorcycle Company. They build bikes and castles, like that kind of thing. Yep. And uh, so this is the Norton Atlas motorcycle. 650 cc's at Isle of Man this year. They have that Superlights class, and the Superlights class is 650 cc's. And the vast majority of the motorcycles in that class are heavily breathed on versus uh, style like that same 650 parallel twin kawasaki motor that's in a kawasaki ninja 650 or in a versus 650 or a vulcan 
And that's almost like what the class was designed for, but Norton, not to be left out, and uh, with uh, John McPint, um, John McGinnis racing, uh, they have the, they're running the 650 in that class. They got a liquid-cooled parallel twin 650 there. And I haven't heard any other podcasts or any other motorcycle media agencies talking about this Atlas. You know, so they've got this Atlas and this Ranger, which are seriously, holy shit, look at how tall that fucking bike is. Yeah, I don't know. There's something that doesn't look right about it. It, it looks wrong on several levels. It doesn't look the as radi- wrong. The big radiator in front is totally like square, just a square box radiator mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. And Not it even trying to hide her. It's just uh radiator. It is right look in your fucking face. And then... What is the chrome? I mean, that looks it doesn't like, look as fucked up as those Husqvarna smart pillions and vilt pillions and Kim pillions and Dave pillions and uh, all that stuff. This looks a little more. Uh, it's weird. And then look at how high that fucking is that the crank is, is that, that the, clutch cover. Is that that clutch, clutch cover is like resting against your right testicle and sticking out by 12 inches oh, by a by a long way. It's a very, very weird strange but i do say i'm strangely attracted to it motorcycle and well does that the, remind you of the like the the transmission on a mana how it, it does was, it, yeah like it was pushed back yeah up, the automatic like transmission on the aprilia mana did look like the motor was like put in the wrong way right yeah it looked like the cases were sticking out where they shouldn't be sticking out so yeah so that's the uh the norton atlas uh so that's this whole thing is you know, Norton had the nine, the nine sixty one, the Commando nine sixty one uh, that everyone went apeshit for, and this, on the other hand, they're comparing it to like a Ducati Monster, where they're saying that it could be that affordable, lighter weight motorcycle that appeals to a lot more riders. That you might not sell any of your Commando nine sixty ones, or maybe you'll sell one to Keanu Reeves, maybe you'll sell one to Jay Leno, but then not too many other people are going to come out of pocket for it. But this thing could be aiming straight down the barrel of that buyer that's going to be like, I want something different. And I want a motorcycle that doesn't look like everybody else's motorcycle. And whereas I find that the Husqvarna uh, Smart Pillion and Vilt Pillion, those crazy things, they look a little too weird for me. This looks, there's, there's parts of it that I identify with as being kind of like, oh, I, I fucking dig that. That's cool. It's a cool looking bike. And it's that naked retro. So naked retro right now has got a lot of pull. So Steve and I have a little sound quality issue down here. At our I hear a squeak going on. You yeah. hearing that? I don't know if the board's picking that, that up. Are you picking that up? No. Sounds, so good. It's like, Sounds good. It's yeah. the table like as it's moving a little bit. The quality of the microphones is preventing that from showing as long up. As, that's, in the as long as you're yeah. good and you're not picking that up, that's great. Cool. Right. Because yeah. if it is, then people are going to feel like they're driving like my old Toyota Tundra where there's just a perpetual squeak happening somewhere in the, tr- in the truck. Yeah. My passport. Now it's and coming you, in. Now you guys are, would you turn it up down there? Jesus Christ. Settle down, Tiger. Just wanted to check on it. Keep your hands off your horn. The... Uh, so yeah, that's the that's the game with that. I thought that was kind of an interesting looking bike. I I I, I dug that shit. Uh, just uh, onto current events or future events, if you will. I'd ride it. I mean, what the hell? Oh, I'd ride the fuck out of it. I take it for. A I'm ride. surprised I'm not riding it right now. The uh, it's a really. I mean, it's a good. It's to me. How I much like that. It does more. have. Yeah, you're right. It's like ground clearance. That might be almost. That looks like 12 inches. Well, according ground. to my wife, that's a foot and a half. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's at least 18 inches, according to her. But the but yeah, that bike looks like we've seen our share of scramblers 
that really weren't suitable of climbing over a log. And this thing looks like it could get over a log. That's higher than giraffe pussy. It is higher than giraffe pussy, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and there we go. We're demonetized. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, taking money out of your pocket. I know it's every single day, isn't it? The oh, uh, two animal references. Yes, we'll have many, many, many animal references. It's okay to say pussy, but not giraffe pussy. Again, <laughs> pussy on its own, right? Fine, fine. You say giraffe pussy, though, and now we're getting all anatomical about it. Uh, yeah. People lose their minds. Did I say again how good this stroke It's is? been proven that people... <laughs> Constantly. Stroke. People will actually Stronger donate more money to animals. Like if you say, <laughs> I've got a sick dog, or yeah. I've got a sick cat, or help save them, then they will for humans. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. It's nope. much easier to raise money for a hurt animal than yeah. a hurt human. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. I don't I don't doubt that at all. On this the, planet, we don't have a whole lot of animals, but we got a shit ton of humans. We got tons of people. No, there's yeah. not that many. We got a bumper crop of people. The uh, so kind of like kind of getting the idea for what's coming up. It's going to be not too damn long before we see the motorcycle show here in Cleveland. A month. And, what's that? It's one month. It is. It's one month. Right. So what's the actual date? Do we know off the top? Uh, January twenty five, six, and seven. I think okay. this year. Yeah. Um, let me let me pull up a handy dandy calendar here, and I'll let you know what's going on. The uh, so let's go ahead and take a look and see what the uh, the month of January looks like. Uh, so it's going to be the twenty fourth, the twenty fifth, and the twenty sixth. So if you're traveling in Cleveland on the twenty fourth, the twenty fifth, and the twenty sixth, you're going to want to get yourself passes for the International Motorcycle Show at the Cleveland IX Center. Now. Um, I do want to say that as of a deal that I made today, we're going to have a 1980 Suzuki GS1000. Oh, wow. Oh, That's yeah. pretty cool. That's an RE1. What's that? An RE1. An RE1 rotary, baby. Um, so, yeah. Um, as of a deal that I wrote RE1. today. RE5. RE5. RE5 rotary. Right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, RE5. Too much Coquito. I went along with it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Coquito actually got Steve drinking tonight. That's odd. I don't oh, know. Man, that Coquito's good. That Coquito, that Coquito. Spice it up with a little Very more good. Oh, no, I don't need any more. It's got plenty. So if you guys My will. Eyes are uh, getting heavy. <laughs> so we're going to be at the motorcycle show with 18, 1 8, 18 vintage motorcycles, of which I have only prepared four. I want to bring my PC-50, though. You should. You should bring your PC-50 up. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a commitment to anybody who needs it, um, who's in the local Cleveland area, get in touch with me with enough time ahead, and I'll work on getting you transportation. So I've got that nice enclosed trailer that used to be Dan Daniels. Uh, nice enclosed trailer, and we've got the van. So there's no reason a couple of days ahead of time I shouldn't be able to help you guys get a bike or two into the show. Chris, I believe you said you wanted to put your 450 in there. So that would be great. So if you can put your 450 in there, I've got that Suzuki GS1000. So we'll put the GS1000 in there. And uh, Daniel, you got any vintage bikes you want to put in the motorcycle show this year? What do you think? Say that again. Do you have any vintage motorcycles you might like to put into the uh, International Motorcycle Show on January 24th? I don't uh, know, maybe the maybe the S65. That's a very good yeah, idea. Nice, and that's really a really good, good bike, too. And that's, uh, that's a bike that that doesn't get a lot of representation. So uh, the S65 would be a, a 
That'd be a fun bike to put in the show. I agree. Are you going to take one of your GB500s out? I am going to take one of my GB500s out. So um, I'm not sure whether to take Dr. Waters' very nice GB500 or to take my GB600 um, just because it's, you know, I mean, it's in the window. We all have to look at it every single day and all, but. It's probably easier just to take one from here. It is. It's way easier. And I was like, well, if I take Dr. Waters' bike, it's just in the garage sitting there with a blanket over it. Pretty easy to pull that out of the garage and bring that in. But, yeah, I do think it's time to take a GB. I'm not going to, like, wave my dick at people and have two GBs there. You know, we don't want to be that asshole. But the uh, but I'll see your GB and, and I'll raise, raise you another GB. Yes. Um, just tourist trophies just coming out of the fucking woodwork around here. But, yeah, I was pretty happy to get that GS1000 today. I, you know, we've had it in the shop for a while. Um, the owner has been, un, you know, sort of unmotivated to, to make it right and to bring it back to life. So there was some horse trading that happened today, and I ended up with the GS1000. Does it have the little fairing on it? No, it's exactly like you see the, the okay. red and white one. Yeah, it's the, the two-tone red, uh, red and white bike. And seat, what's that seat? Well, that's a different seat on it. That's a different seat on it, yeah. So mine has got this the standard, very boring. Uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, in fact, if you look at the, uh, it's just got the, um, if this were a, you know, if this were a Honda CB750F or a, uh, a CX500 or, a, you know, they'd call that the plastic maggot seat. You know, it's got that little. Bread loaf. Yeah, bread loaf, loaf of bread seat. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing inspirational or exciting about it, but it's got that little fairing on the back. My favorite kind of seat. You do? You like uh, just a flat? You can slide forward, you can slide That's backwards. That's true. Can, yeah, the riding any, position is entirely find, up to you. I don't care who you are, you can sit wherever you want on mm-hmm. it. It's true. There's absolutely no, uh, no design element to that at all. Damn, that straw is good. God, fuck, man. You know what? Um, to any podcast listeners that really want to make a friend, um, find Stro. You'll see it if you refer to our YouTube channel. Um, Stro Original. It's not the beer Stro's. It's Stro Singular. And uh, I believe it just goes by the name of Stro Original 80. I like that the top thing on the bottle says, warning, extremely <laughs> flammable. Yeah, exactly. Extremely now filmed in Stro-A-Vision. The, uh, yeah. That stuff is really good. I mean, light it on fire, John. There's light no doubt it can. Fire. There's no doubt it can burn. And it's scary good. For it is scary good. Insane. It shouldn't taste it that good. And burn it. Oh, it just should not taste that good. The problem with that is it tastes good. The magic, like the safety brakes on 151, was that it was awful. And anything else I've ever had that was over 120 proof, it's terrible. This is really good. I don't even like 90 proof. Yeah, well, then here you go. What's the, what's the price point on something like that? It can't be much, right? I, I really, I don't remember. I okay. bought that bottle between 15 and 20 years ago. Oh, so it's well-aged. Oh, oh, holy oh, shit. shit. That's part of the... I, I've been looking, like going on Craigslist looking for old alcohol. Like, oh, really? Just type in rum and see if like somebody's selling, yeah, I'm getting rid of all this boot, you know, like... Maybe you'll get like a, a decanter of Canadian at club. At www.budgetbottles.com. It's thirty four ninety nine. Wow. If you go to internetwines.com, which will ship to your house, it's $32.99. For a liter of For that. a liter, which is the equivalent. Like, you know, when you buy Simple Green, you're never supposed to use it straight. Don't ever use Simple Green straight. My warning to you. Cut it at least five to one. Right? Five parts water, one part Simple Green. It'll take anything off of anything. 
But if you're using Simple Green the way it comes in the spray bottle, you're an idiot and they're taking advantage of you. You don't need it. You could cut this and it would still be value for money. It would still take everything off. It would still take everything off of everything. Well, at half, it's still 80 proof. Exactly. At half, it's still better than you can buy at the grocery store. At a quarter, it's what you can buy at the gas station or the, the drugstore, you know? We need a tanker truck full of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's probably the fourth bottle of it that I've bought and finally. Uh Learned my lesson, I guess. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you probably found a fucking home, right? The, uh, the well, that's a whole lot of happiness for not very much money. No, it is. That's that's entertaining a lot of your friends for not much money. And considering it comes in the economical one-liter container, um, I'd like to call your attention to uh, rumratings.com. Give Stroh Original 80 a 3.3 out of 10. Uh, that is one of the uh, lowest scores I've ever seen. One of the drawbacks. On it is. It says, my pet monkey loves this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the aroma is described as used bowling shoes, fresh horse urine, burned Christmas ornaments. You know what? That's a little rough. That explains exactly why you love it. That's, okay. a little, that's a little rough on that. That stuff is not that bad. Um, according to a, a big-time fan, 3P Wood from the United Kingdom, uh, it says, the review just says, avoid. As others have mentioned, it's hard to even label this as rum. Rum? Question over- mark, question mark, question mark. It's an overproof alcohol with some mix of flavors going on, but any taste is almost immediately lost to the inevitable burning of cheap alcohol. Avoid. Avoid. Wow. Um, Rough. Rum? Butt kick. Four question marks. Yeah. Rum or not, that's the question, but it burns all the way down. Uh, butt kicking alcohol. Is it or isn't a rum? Debatable. One source says it's made from sugarcane byproducts, whatever that is. Well, if you know about rum, you'll know that that's all of it. Um, and another source says it's made from sugar beets. Either way, it gets the job done. Um, um, I, I, naha, uh, rum eignet sich eigentlich nur für Heißgetränke. It's you, know, you can only drink it when it's hot. You can only drink it warm. Um, okay, so that's fine. My, I can read. I can, yeah. I can't read or translate I German some well. Of that. Uh, the Heißgetränke. Heißgetränke. Yeah. yeah. Austrian strength. I love how the review says Austrian strength, but then the review's spelled wrong. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anytime the review is spelled incorrectly, that's a good thing. These reviews uh, are probably the best endorsement for this product. Oh my ever. god! I, mean, I love this. It's hard to review this as if it was actual rum because it's arguably not. <laughs> it does taste great with Coke and can drink you under the table if you're not careful. Works amazing with hot drinks, hot chocolate, or tea, and it's great at low temperatures. I agree with every statement. I think that's all great. Full-bodied fruity nose with notes of rum essence. The palate is very powerful and brings immense heat. But you can sense a few fruity barrel rum notes underneath the burn. It's better than 60% volume stro, but it's still the dominant flavor seems to be rum essence. Should be reserved for hot cocoa after a day on the slopes. They for, do, they maybe sell that's a, what it was built for, though. They 60% version yeah, of why this. why bother? Look at that one. Which I don't recommend. Best gift for your enemy. Do not play with fire around it. <laughs> Best gift. <laughs> this rum is like an emergency shot you take when you need to warm up quickly or get wasted. Or get it on some dried fruit. Then it is good. Not useful as a sipper, of course. Well, watch this. Aha. Hold. Wow. Okay, yeah. Okay, one, I just sipped it, and two, I can taste the fruit, and I can... Maybe the 30-year-old bottle is better than the new shit. I doubt it's any different. 
it's well, here, pro- like that realistically that stripper. recipe probably goes back hundreds of Feed years. The paint stripper, paint stripper, <laughs> bloody awful and not all, not at all rum like. I drank some of this irresponsibly a long time ago as a dumb kid at a party and woke up in the morning. <laughs> at least you fucking woke up in the morning, pal. When I drove, when I drank myself stupid on Jim Beam when I was eighteen, I didn't wake up in the morning. Um, yeah, I, uh, liquid nitro or rum for the party the animal. Drink it straight if you dare. Look at the one that says rum. Have you seen nothing sugar, good about this one? Sugar cane plantations in Austria. I love that. <laughs> Have you seen sugar cane plantations in Austria? So what can that be? Use it in cakes or hair and creme, but don't even think about it as a drink. Yeah, I, I dig that. They say it's too strong for drink pleasure. I just don't think they've ri- they've met the right guy yet. Yeah, or they haven't drank around here. I was gonna say, I, I know, really. you know what? I'm. Totally enjoy. The more it. they talk bad about it, the more we like it. I was gonna say I'm starting to like it out of spite now. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, I, man. I, Welcome to our club. Don't worry, our little club. straw. We got you. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, straw, yeah. Nine. You we found a, a home here. here. You found a nine. It says not for weak throats or gag reflexes. Apparently, yeah. So there you have it. Boom. That's that's it. And you know that's the thing is like I don't like malort. Everyone passes malort around like it's a fucking sport. And I don't enjoy it because the taste bothers me. And the taste of this is actually quite nice. So the taste here is good. The extra heat and the chemical burn is just an added byproduct. I, I drink that over gin. I drink that over ouzo. Like any of those like uh, uh, spice. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I think whatever. it's Frenette. Oh. Yeah, Frenet about it. I would drink this over Frenette. Uh, what's that yeah. stuff you made that one time with the sugar cube? Absinthe. Oh, yeah. absinthe. Absinthe. Yeah, that was the absinthe. Yeah, that's, yeah. That was better than that. Absinthe is not known for good taste. That's why the sugar cube's involved. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it. good for killing exactly. intestinal parasites, though. Oh, yeah. It's, it's good for making you sleep with animals, really too. Wormwood. So, yeah. That's sleep just, with animals and seeing yeah. fairies. <laughs> yeah, I like this. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, don't. Don't. I tried it at a party with friends. It's pure alcohol made from an old miner's boots mixed with burnt sugar. Again, <laughs> there we go. So. Perfect reviews. Got to love that. It's your Cleveland Moto Rum Review Podcast. So, uh, I, I mean, nothing against the rum, the amazing rums that have been provided here. Well, that's what I was just about ready to say. We have a beautiful bottle of this stuff that was provided, the, right. the one that's hiding behind your computer. Yeah, so there. the Diplomatico, you know, the Diplomatico is, I mean, this is a solid, straight up $100 bottle of rum. Bring you that know, down here. Eighty nine ninety nine on, so I on can, discount. So I can desecrate but, the fuck out of it and pour it in my mojito And this mix. is the 2011. So the 2011, the number one batch kettle rum, wow. Diplomatico. Um, anywhere you look this stuff up, this is a, this is a good, a good sip in rum. Well, let's hear some reviews and, on this one. Well, I, we can do that. It ain't going to say anything about boots. Hurry up. Drink up. Hold on. <laughs> let me pour this shit. Hurry up. Hurry up. Drink some more. My hand's starting to stop shaking. <laughs> yeah, anytime my hand stops shaking, I'm like, well, we're, we're there, right? We're at that point. We're, we know we've arrived. The, Should I start fresh or just Yeah, and to? oh, this, game. so, yeah, and this is that game That's for nice. anybody who does. If you're, nice. uh, if you're new to the world of rum and you want to just have a good day, the words Zacapa and Centenario together are always a good day. So I have not ever had a bad uh, Zacapa Centenario, and I know I'm pronouncing it wrong, but to the you know 80 percent, that's forty you know or forty percent eighty proof. Um, those that's are always nice. delicious. I've just I've never had a bad one. Yeah, and you know you go to Ensenada, you buy tequila, you buy rum, and it tastes like vanilla. They dump a lot of almonds in it and stuff. And this has got a real nice. I mean, Zacapa's always always tastes real good. So those those are nice. 
And back to motorcycles, because that's what we do around here. If you could build a motorcycle, what kind of motorcycle would you build? Yeah, exactly. well, Chris is handing me water for once. Usually Chris <laughs> hands me booze, and now he's handing me water. That happens. Yeah. yeah. It's a whole new world. It is a whole new world. You know what? That's like drinking mother's milk after drinking that frickin' straw. <laughs> Maybe that was the right way to do it. Seriously. It now has become Diplomatico just became so much better. <laughs> Holy <laughs> crap. If you want to drink a lousy Ooh. rum, drink straw first, and then a bad rum will taste amazing. Right now. How quickly things oh change. God, I can taste everything in this now. What's to say about tequila? First, you beat mm. down your taste buds. Drink really good tequila. Yeah. So you go to most bars, carry crap. Yeah, yeah. So um, the big one they're carrying now is the, the Cuervo Silver. Okay, yeah. Right. Which is like lighter fluid. It's like lighter fluid, yeah. But if you drink it all week, mm-hmm. it begins to taste okay. Ah. And then you have one shot yeah. of something very, like Suavecito or Don Julio or yeah. whatever, and that thing goes right back to tasting like lighter It's just like fluid. when that giant guy who just beat the piss out of you just nuzzles you against his man bosom for just a second when With you're bleeding. You. <laughs> it, just, it just brings it all around, yeah. Again, here we go. This is what happens. Oh God! Oh, the camera's pointing the wrong way. The uh, Steve, Steve, what's that? What's that tequila that you like to get up and uh, speculate on? Tequila Mockingbird, Peligroso. There you go, Peligroso. Yeah, but that's Muy like, Peligroso. That's like an inexpensive. Okay, I mean it's okay for drinking. But but you held it to your your bosom, bosom. with love. Saying, I love this tequila. I love it because it's cheap and I can drink a bottle a day. <laughs> but <laughs> you, vacation, you guys do know that the Spanish really translation of the word peligroso is actually dangerous, right? So the I word. I don't know Spanish, so. Yeah, but the word peligroso <laughs> is dangerous. So, like, it if there's dangerous. a caution sign, a caution, a warning sign in Spanish, they put is, it right on the bottle. They're literally truth in advertising. <laughs> yeah, it would be like a Four Loco was just called date rape. You know, it would it would save so much time. My, my wife yeah. was laying on the ground, and the bear there was this black bear at the edge of the woods. And you gave it some Peligroso? No, my wife was drinking Peligroso, <laughs> and she fell over. And she was laying sideways looking at this bear. Yeah. And she said, there's ten bears. There's ten bears. <laughs> and there was one bear, but she saw ten. She saw so ten I guess bears. you're right. It is dangerous. It was a black bear, right? You see double. It was a black bear. They're not real big. It no, they were at the ten. edge of the... They, they, they represent... Like dusk and they were yeah. at the edge of the woods. They and, represent very little threat to your wife. No. But when there's ten of them, yeah. that's fucking scary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, that... I mean, if, you're, if your tequila is called... Peligroso tequila. I didn't even know that existed, and I still think somebody made a bad translation on that. Um, there can't be a tequila called Peligroso, really? It is. That's the one oh, I brought man, in, in that black ah, bottle. Remember that? To, I brought yeah. it in. It was in that black bottle. Okay, I guess you're probably right. It, yeah. it, it had the yellow diamond on it. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, it yeah. really is. No, I'm, he's not making No, he's real. He's real, yeah. yeah. The Añejo's the one I like. That, yeah, the Añejo's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not as good, but the Añejo is all right. Yeah, the Añejo is, uh, and, and that Añejo is, and that I do remember that black bottle that you brought in. And yeah, you're right. It's fucking dangerous. I feel like the perfect layout for a motorcycle engine is the inline four. Oh. I like the flat four. Nope. Yep. A flat eh, four? A flat four is, might have some advantages, but which way is it flat? If it's sideways, then you have shaft jack. 
The inline four uh-huh. is perfect because if it leans forward a little bit, you right. get your knees behind it. Mm-hmm. It gets all the air, even yeah. cooling across all the cylinders, or right. if it's liquid cooled, whatever. Yeah. It allows you to easily tuck your carburetors in there, plus the rotation of the shafts and everything. You yeah. don't get shaft jack. It doesn't go to the left or the right whenever you rev it up uh, or anything. Yeah. It is actually, I like shaft jack. <laughs> you might not like to have your... I do like... I are like we a talking good, about shaft jack or are you having your I like a shaft good jack? shaft jacking. Like, I do. I like that feeling <laughs> when I'm on a Gucci or I'm on a BMW and I'm sitting at the light. Because, you know, they only do that, right? So, you know... For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And so when you're sitting on your V-twin sideways-mounted motorcycle or your parallel twin sideways-mounted... What's that? Paint shaker. Yeah, paint shaker. And you give it that... Uh, and you're sitting with the light, it does that little... That reminds you that you got like... And when I was a kid, I used to take the hood off my car and I'd hit the gas and I'd look at that big V8 just shift onto motor mounts. And I'd be like, yeah. you know, like, And I haven't grown out of that. So I still like that when I give it a little bump if I'm on a big V-twin or on a big flat twin that's a transversely mounted engine, I guess it's transversely. No, I got, no. Crankshafts go in front to back. And when I do give it that bump, I like that feeling of the bike shifting. Now, of course, once I'm engaged, then that shift is now going out the drive shaft and it's making the wheel spin, so it, it doesn't do that anymore. But uh, I, uh, that is one of those things where they say a motor has character. And I do like the character of a front-to-back crankshaft motor. Uh, I like that character. I, I always love my GL. I mean, I liked every GL that I've ever owned. Yeah. From the 500s yeah. to the, you know, 1500s. Right. Yeah, vertical, vertical or front-to-back crankshaft, yeah. you know. And there's something about that. And I rode that BSA Rocket. I'm uh, not BSA, goddammit, Triumph Rocket. I rode that Triumph Rocket 3. And when I rode that, as much as it's clearly a car motor put in sideways, which it is, it does give you that that when you give it a little bump on the throttle, the whole bike like is like, yeah. So I know it sounds stupid because it's the equivalent of like 30 watts of power shifting the center of gravity of the motorcycle. Like a small child, a three-year-old, can lean his hand on the motorcycle and create as much energy pushing it left to right. But there's something that's fulfilling about that when you crack the throttle and you feel that. And... That's one of the things that electric motorcycles lack, that piston but power... But they could. All you'd have to do is turn the motor like I know, that. turn the motor the other way, right? Because it's the same so, thing. So like on yeah. a CV900 yeah. with that 90-degree gearbox, yeah. yeah. What you still have the, you have the motion going like this instead of like this. No, because you it's mean the it's motor, but then, yeah, CV900 right. But, but does, yeah. it, does any of that no. torque translate into Not that gearbox? None. None. No, but then you get shaft shaft jacking if you give it some cr- crack while you're on a curve, and and that's really um, for our podcast listeners who aren't familiar with the term shaft jacking. We just threw it around a lot. So the example that I like to use is imagine yourself on a uh, a motorcycle that has a shaft drive, and you are leaning over making a left hand turn as we all like to do, and you're making a left hand turn. And while you're in the middle of this left-hand turn, you've gotten to the point where you're no longer in the application of brakes phase of the turn. You are now, you know, thanks to our friend Mr. Del Vecchio and his cornering confidence books, we all know that we can carry that brake, that front brake, into the turn. And now we've released the front brake, and now we're applying some power to come out of it. Well, if you apply quite a bit of power, 
on a shaft drive motorcycle, what will happen is it will actually raise the chassis. So the energy of the motor, the rotational force of the motor, will go back through the drive shaft, and it will cause the motor, the mass of the motorcycle, to achieve a higher center of gravity than it did have just a second ago. Because part of the motorcycle's application of power is the compression or release of suspension relative to the location of the engine. And unless the motorcycle's rigidly mounted, there will be rear suspension travel. And of course, if you apply power through that drive shaft to the back using a normal traditional screw pet principle, you know, you've got a 90 degree drive going to the, to the back of the motorcycle or from the back of the motorcycle forward to the motor, you're going to experience that. Now, so BMW has a system that they use to eliminate shaft jacking. Uh, Moto Guzzi has a system. That, that arm that comes over that? Yeah, they got an arm over the front, and the idea is it's supposed to be a dampener. So Moto Guzzi and BMW both use these uh, systems that are designed to quell that shaft jacking by allowing the final drive to rotate a tiny bit with inside of a housing. And it doesn't rotate much. It's really interesting. When you look at the way they work on the Guzzi or you look at the way they work on the big BMWs, it really only allows the final drive to rotate maybe five degrees. It's not a lot, but it does it within a contained area so that that rotation doesn't end up in the suspension or in the relationship of the center of mass of the motorcycle to Mother Earth. So an experience that I had many years ago was I was on a shaft drive uh, Honda V45, and I was leaned over to the left, I believe, and in the process of this left turn, I gave it a handful of throttle. And when I gave it a handful of throttle, two things happened at the same time. One, well, we know what happened. I gave an 80 or 75 horsepower motor a handful of throttle, and it decided to go faster. So, of course, when you go faster and you're leaned over in a corner, what happens to your turn? It gets bigger, right? Your turn goes from being a nice little tight turn to a, it wants to be a much bigger turn because your velocity went up. You're Centripetal pushing force. <clears throat> yeah, pushing the, I'm pushing my turn open, right? <clears throat> and the other thing that happened is because it was a shaft drive bike and it didn't have an uh, anti-jacking control system installed, the motorcycle itself changed geometry, so the bike got taller. And when those two things happened together, what happened is I blew my turn. So the motorcycle both yawed out against what would be the, um, I like to call the point of impact, which was the curb, and the center of gravity of the motorcycle got higher. So I gave myself one of the most spectacular high sides I've ever had in my life. You ate shit. I ate shit in a big, big, big way. And uh, that one's legendary because I walked into the diner um, leaking blood from more than one hole. More holes than God gave me when I was born because I ran into a piece of rebar and that piece of rebar went in between a couple of my ribs oh, through the leather Jesus. jacket, punched a nice three-quarter inch hole right in my leather jacket. Wow. And uh, I got a, a real nice injury in the back because of a piece of rebar that went in and came out again. I'm surprised that didn't hurt. You know what? It's funny is it didn't hurt at all. And I was so concerned. I was a police officer at the time, and I was so nervous about police responding to the crash because it was clearly my fault. I hadn't been drinking. It was broad daylight, but I was going too fast for the conditions. The conditions were broad daylight, dry road, left turn. But I was stupid, 
and I was driving above my capabilities. Failure to control? Yeah, failure to control. And uh, I, I failure to control the shit out of that. <laughs> and what I had hoped to do was I hoped to make a phone call to somebody with a pickup truck and have them come with a pickup truck and retrieve the bike and Scrape me you up. before the police or the ambulance got there. So I went into the diner and I told everyone, it's okay, don't call the police, I'm quite fine. And I called my brother with a pickup truck and said, come out and get me. And then I went to walk out of the diner, as one does. And the woman from the diner said, you're not okay. You're bleeding all over our nice white subway tile floor. And it turns out I was. And I didn't know I had a hole in my back. And I you're, did have a hole in my back. You're leaking. I was leaking. I was leaking <laughs> vital fluids. Clean and, this shit uh, up before you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she called the ambulance. And uh, I did. I got a trip to the hospital, and my bike got towed and impounded and everything else. I didn't get a ticket. Weird. Uh, so go figure. But the bike was no less fucked. The bike was proper fucked. You wouldn't have had that problem had you been riding an inline four with a chain drive. This is exactly right. And to this day, I use that as an anecdote about why you should be careful when you're applying power in the turn on a shaft drive motorcycle. So, yeah, that's a big thing. So if you don't have an anti-shaft jacking device on your motorcycle, you'll know if you do because the back end of your swing arm will look kind of funny. The, uh, there'll be extra things going on back there. Now, when you get into the bigger bikes like the Moto Guzzi 1400s, they don't have that. Even though they have more torque, even though they're just a heavier bike and they're a heavier bike and they're a longer bike, so they're not as affected by that system. So, uh, yeah, so, or by, by that uh, Yeah, my that Kawasaki 1000 so Concourse doesn't have exactly. that. Exactly. Your Kawasaki's got shaft drive. Yeah. And it doesn't have that device. Yeah. And it is really weird because your Kawasaki 100 has every bit as much horsepower as my, uh, my, V45, Mag- or my V45 did back then. So it's just that your bike is heavier, and it's less prone to that effect. Yeah. So, yeah. Because of the moment on the arm, the arm's longer, so yep. it, it's, it can't really develop that torque on the rear suspension? Yes, exactly. And that's, I mean, when you think about that shaft drive, that principle, that is one of the things about shaft drive that does make it weird. Uh, and it's, it's probably the only thing that I can think about that is a real downside to a shaft drive system. And I mean, they're expensive to build and obviously efficient, right? Aren't they le- less efficient? Yeah, because you're, you are going through a, a 90 degree, right? So you I'm can, going to select the enclosed chain for my ultimate motorcycle. Ooh, so I'm interesting. Going to use a chain and a yeah. chain case. Yeah. So therefore there will yeah. be little maintenance on what it. What about a belt? Belts are fantastic, right? That's not what I want. <laughs> you build your ultimate bike, I'll build no, my I just ultimate wondered. bike. I mean, yeah. And I mean this is I mean this really is when you get down to thinking about building your ultimate motorcycle and you know what is the right bike? Fuck man, that's why I got so many fucking bikes because I can't figure out what the right bike is. I, I have so much fun with the wrong bike. I you know? Need drive. I don't yeah. need Mr. Right Bike. I need Mr. Right Mr. Bike right now. Fucking now, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's real hard. Like somebody was asking me, we were joking about that the BMW uh, GS seven hundred that I've got, and I've had that for a little while now, and I've ridden it a lot of places, and I really love the bike. And we did a little YouTube video on it and stuff. And Cat comes into my shop, and he's like, "Well, you know, if you like this bike so much, why are you selling it?" I was like, "Look around, pal." That's the game here. That's Don't name the fucking do. chickens, man. Right? I love them all. I like every bike that's in here, minus one or two, I really enjoy. Like, 
Well, that's the next topic. Yeah. The one or two you don't like. The one like. or two I don't fucking like. <laughs> but yeah, most of the bikes that are in here, I really do like them. And I, I do like them. And I've got a serious, like, they wouldn't be in this building if I didn't like them. Now, but you got to sell them. Because if you don't sell them, you, you were here when I had over 60 motorcycles in my personal collection. Mm-hmm. That was fucking retarded. Right. I mean, as soon as gas, gas got ethanol in it, I couldn't do that anymore. But for a while, I had way too many fucking bikes. And it wasn't like I was spending big money on bikes, you know. But you can't just stack them up like cordwood. Yeah. <laughs> they, they're not going to keep. It's not going to be like, oh, go down to your vintage and enjoy this bottle that you're only going to open once a year. Motorcycles, yeah, you can't have 20 of them, you know. And unless your name's Jay Leno and you've got a mechanic looking after your shit 24-7, you're not going to be able to enjoy all your bikes because they're going to break your fucking heart. Every time you go to ride one, it's going to be tits up. I had to give the bad news to a guy that had a Transalp the other day. Transalp, man. Like, I'm, I'm a little bit motosexual for a fucking Transalp. And the cat called, and he's like, yeah, I got a, I got a Transalp that hasn't run in five years. Can I bring it to your shop? I was like, you can bring it to my shop. Fuck yeah. I, nothing make me happier than working on an old liquid-cooled V-twin. But you're not going to like when I tell you that every piece of rubber in that bike has been fucked like we're gonna have to replace everything in that bike that's rubber there's nothing in that bike we're gonna be able to keep because it's been run with ethanol and it's been allowed to sit for the past how many years so nothing's gonna be good in that thing it's all gonna suck your bill is gonna be thousands of dollars it's gonna be in excess of a thousand bucks before we talk about tires or brakes or anything else just to get the thing apart and cats that like if you've got some weird fetishy love for a pc800 Good. I hope it's running when you buy it. I hope it's good and it's been run and it's got 30,000 miles on it. Because if it's been sitting for seven years, you're going to have a hell of a time bringing that thing back to life. I've been trying to trade for the black one on Craigslist. Yeah. yeah. I've offered him various things. Really? Back and forth. Are you engaged in a relationship? He doesn't want to bite. I was going to try. To, I was trying to trade him my CB1. Right. And that's a good trade. Well, that's a really cool bike. That's a know? really good trade. And I don't. This was bike is too big for me. And, uh, but I. Oh just, shit! I just, really? He's kind of. I just don't want. Uh, so yeah. wait, the PC800 is too big for him, mm. and you're offering him a CB1. For yeah. The, Dude, that's a peanut butter and chocolate deal right there. Because he's already got fetishy bike one. He can get fetishy bike number two. And then he said he wanted an Ascot, and I showed him my Ascot. You have that. Oh, but I want the VT. I want oh, the V-twin Ascot. Man, I hate this guy. You know why I hate this guy? He sounds like me. I threw my RV into the mix, too. You did? Yeah. yeah. Which is hilarious, by the way. Yeah. I want your PC-800. I'm going to give you a camper. <laughs> <laughs> He was in, I think of all the things, yeah, I think he was most interested in that because he thought, well, that's got to be worth more than my PC. Hey, sure, it's a camper for fuck's sake. Yeah, it's an actual camper worth or trading towards a 1990 motorcycle that there's only like the guy who's sleeping at the end of the table there is the only person that cares about it. It was up at 3 o'clock this morning. <laughs> I just like it because it's black. And it's going to be the Vader It's bike. a black PC-800. It's the, the Darth Vader. Vader bike for yeah. fun. Yeah. And let me say this. It was not Chris Smith sleeping well, this it? time. Oh, Chris no, right away. Me. I'm sorry. He's at the commands. I went to work at 3 o'clock in the morning. This morning. Dude, you, you Steve, are, that's fine. Steve, you are Nobody welcome cares. to sleep through any of our podcasts. Our listeners do. Get comfortable. Yeah. The Coquita's oh, so not smooth. The Coquita's not helping me stay away. No, the Coquita's definitely <laughs> keeping you uh, keeping your lights out. I think I see that bottle di- disappearing. 
I know. I drank half of it already. The Stro or the Coquita? The Coquita. The Coquita. It is smooth. It is good. It is good. Yeah. The, uh, when, today I purchased a 2018 Suzuki GSXR 250. Huh. Yeah. I'm going to let that set in for just a second. Now, Steve got to have a look at it. I think, Daniel, you got to have a look at it too, right? Um, you guys yes. didn't notice it. It was literally to the left of the door when you guys walked in. And you can go over and take a look at it. That's in great shape. So uh, it's a 2018. It's got 3,000 miles on it. It has a Leo Vinci pipe on it. And uh, it, it started, despite the, you know, it was warm today. It was like 34, 35 degrees. And uh, it, it lit right up. I mean, fuel-injected bike with a happy battery. It, it did not hesitate for a fucking nanosecond starting up. There it goes. Yeah. It's got a little pipe on it. It sounds a little froggy. Yeah. It sounds good. Yeah. Leo Vinci pipes always sound nice. And uh, so, yeah. So I don't think I told anybody what I paid for it yet. Did I? Nope. All right. So 2018 GSXR 250, 3,000 miles, 3,600 miles. What would you pay for that? And uh, while you're. Wholesale or retail? What would you pay if you walked into somebody's driveway? And uh, while you're doing that, I'm going to look up the price on uh, uh, KBB, and we'll see what KBB says the bike is worth. I'm giving 2,500 bucks. 2,500 bucks. All right, sounds good. Anyone else got a uh, opinion about what you'd pay for that 2018 motorcycle? Although I would never buy one. Of I was going to say 3,000. 3,000. Okay, that seems good. Yep. I mean, if you're going to give it to me, I'd probably take it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> for free, wow. Wait, it was exactly. It is fuel injected. I mean, come on, guys. I'm going to be terrible about it. You're going to be mean. Um, it is a it is a, a, a fuel injected motorcycle that has a. Um, it does sound kind of nice. It does right? sound kind of yeah, fun. I, I mean, yeah. Three grand's a fair price. Three grand's fair price. All right. I'm okay with all that. That all sounds good. Let's see what the uh, well, let's see retail? what the listing price is. What's, I'm going to let you guys know. What's retail? Typical listing price, guys, is. Thirty-five forty-five, thirty-five forty-five, according to Kelly Blue Book on the 2018, and its trade-in value is twenty-four twenty. That's pretty close. Twenty-four twenty. So twenty-four twenty trade retail price in good condition with typical mileage thirty-five hundred and forty-five dollars. It's Christmas in Cleveland. <laughs> and Phil got his present early. And Johnny <laughs> needs the new GI Joe with a kung fu grip, motherfucker. You're a mean one. Mr. Grinch. <laughs> now, here's what I'm going to tell you. When this person told me the price that they needed for this motorcycle, I did not haggle. I did not counter offer. I did nothing but find the keys to my truck and fuck off post haste to their location. $1,800. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. I trip. feel pretty great about good that. Good for you. I feel pretty great about that. And again, that wow. was their price. I didn't even give them a price. I didn't offer them a price. I just said, what do you need? And you don't need to feel bad about that. No. And I gave them cash, and they're, they're happy, and we're happy, and the title's clean. No, you should have talked them down. You pulled a mackle fresh on I that. I could have talked you them. You pulled a mackle fresh on no that. There is no doubt I could have talked them down, but in the spirit of Christmas, I paid them 600 less than it's worth. You chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. I'm pretty happy with it. And, you know, we um, it looks really nice next to the Yamaha R3. So it's uh, we now have the, the set. We, we have the pair. Another, we got to do another shootout. Now we do we have, have to do another shootout because we didn't have the GSX-R250 when we did the last shootout. So, yeah. I think this one will fare better than the KTM did. 
I have a feeling that... might be the most rowdy of them all. I have a feeling that a Suzuki 250, a fuel-injected Suzuki 250, will not experience a heat symptom. I have a feeling it will be able to just run right through it. And it's liquid-cooled, and it's It's fuel-injected. hot in Thailand. What's that? It's hot in Thailand. (laughs) It is hot in Thailand. Oh, my God. Actually, the Katooms, I think they're Indian. Oh, Indian? Yeah, I think those are Indian. Yeah, because I think the BMWs and the, uh, the KTMs are both Indian. Yeah. No, so, I was saying that this... Oh, that's, pure, that's purely Thailand. Yeah. Yeah, that bike is Thailand. Um, that, that, I bet you that bike is Thailand with overtones of China. <laughs> with, <laughs> with, the, with, a ni- the with a nice nutty texture of China. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, it is when... We live in a time where we can no longer say where something is from. We can't. I mean, it's, nope. it's fucking impossible, man. Um, you where could, we know it's not from is America. Yeah, we're pretty goddamn sure of that. Yeah, I mean... Say what you will about all the, what, the KZ-1000s that were made in America and Nebraska and all the, the gold wings and the shadows that were made in Marysville, Ohio. No Suzuki GSXRs were ever made in the U.S. of A. Like, fucking zero, man. And I think Thailand is your, uh, your high watermark at this point when it comes to small displacement Japanese motorcycles. I'm oh, sorry, Japanese motorcycles. <laughs> Thailandese? You mean Thailandese? <laughs> well, now it's, it is actually a big deal to get a Japanese bike that's made in mainland China. You Wait, main, made in mainland Japan? Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse Rum. Me. Yeah. It's good for what ails you. Mojito. Mm-hmm. Well, Yo, the, ho, ho. the African Twin was made in mainland Japan. It was made in Japan, right? The yeah. Super Cub and the the uh, Monkey were made in Thailand. They're Thailand, right? Most. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not dissatisfied with them. They're no. put together pretty well. Yeah, and I would think that because these major manufacturers are doing quality control and they're they're on top of things, and you're going to get stuff that's built well. Um, I don't think there's going to be a problem with the Thai built things. But, and but the African Twins way nicer though. I mean, I mean, oh, yeah. just the workmanship and the, right. uh, just the material. It seems like the material. It's a better built better. thing. Yeah, yeah. I, but it also costs way more than the other one. Exactly. And you know, when you look at any of these manufacturers, the idea is you got to make ten thousand bikes in Thailand so that you can make two thousand bikes in Japan and cost average everything out. And otherwise, your bikes from Japan are going to cost twenty nine thousand dollars, and nobody can afford to buy the fuckers. So you got to bring that price down to you know fourteen grand or fifteen grand. Um, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I hear people talking about like, oh, the FZ07 or the FZ09. These are great bikes, and they're great deals because they're at less than ten thousand dollars. And so, oh, there's a Honda Juno. Look at the look at the thing. See it? That's a Honda Juno. J U N O. So if you ever want to look those up, that's a Honda Juno. Yeah, that's something you'll never be able to buy, though. No, no. If somebody if somebody walks into my shop, podcast listeners, I'm talking to you. And you happen to know where there's a Honda Juno. And if your name is Eric Dutra in San Diego, in Point Loma, I'm talking to you, Eric. I will buy your Honda Juno because that is one of those bikes that I've always had a fascination with. And our friend Eric Dutra in San Diego has just got a collection of some really beautiful and exotic motorcycles and mini cars and micro cars and stuff like that. And uh, he doesn't have a garage space for any of this shit. So, and if you've ever been to San Diego, you get to that, that area by Shelter Island, there's this, you know, a really steep hill. And all the people that live there, they kind of, Point Loma, they, they kind of look, look out over the bay there. And nobody has anything more than like a one-car garage. And I think he's got 18 or 22 cars. Wow. Yeah. And how he does it is he parks them all out on the street. 
and puts car covers over them because it's San Diego. And then he buys shitty trailers and then puts motorcycles and scooters in the shitty trailers and puts covers over those. So despite the fact that he has basically a one-car garage and a driveway, he has this 18 or 20-odd vehicles scattered around his neighborhood. And you get to that neighborhood, and it's a very affluent neighborhood. Like, you know, there's nothing cheap in, in, that, in that area. And as you're crawling around his neighborhood up and down this hill, um, you'll realize that, God, there's a lot of cars parked out here with uh, car covers over them. That's kind of odd, strange. You know, people are looking after their possessions here. And that's all of Eric's shit. Like, it's all his stuff. And so he's, like, systematically taken over a neighborhood through the use of, like, the fact they can park 24-7. Huh. So, like, his whole neighborhood is, like, covered in his shit. They I'm surprised <clears throat> they didn't change that rule just to prevent him from to, doing it. Like, his neighbors would fuck with him. And I think yeah. he's living in, like, his mom's house or his aunt's house that's been there forever. And uh, he's a wildly interesting cat. Like, he's a good dude to hang out with. Like, he's a lot of fun. I, I like the guy. I, huh. I didn't realize that was a Juno because that's a 54 that yeah. was in the thing. And it doesn't look like the Juno that oh, I've yeah, seen yeah. before. Yeah, the, that's, that's a, that, that bike. See, there it is again. Yeah. And there's, a, there's our man, Vittorio Tessera. Uh, uh, Vittorio Tessera explaining. He's talking about that Honda Juno. That is a 54 54 Juno. Juno. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. more familiar. I have, the ones I've all seen were like the 64 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know? yeah, I mean, they're, they're beautiful bikes. And that was a period of time when... There was no, there was no thought given towards like how can we make these cheaper in bulk. It was still going after the quality, Craft, um, craftsmanship. craftsmanship. Our friend Oscar <clears throat> has got. Uh, I sold him my Fuji Rabbit that I got from another scooter friend of ours. So one of our scooter friends, Dave Highway, um, sold me his Fuji Rabbit, and the Fuji Rabbit he sold me was Wait, actually Dave? on the Cleveland Police Department. And a Who Fuji. Sold it to you? A friend of ours named Dave Highway. He's out in California now. Oh, he does okay. vintage trailers. Um, cool cat. Very cool cat. I knew Dave, uh, what's his name? Dave. Dave Shoreway? <laughs> Dave Shoreway. Dave no, Parkway? he lived on, right off of Detroit Extension. He had a Fuji Rabbit. Oh, no, Dave Boulevard. Oh, he did? But he, but he passed, he was a, he liked, he liked to drink. <laughs> and he passed You're away. You're saying he's a fun fella. Yeah. But, yeah. He, but he died. Uh-huh. And... Mysteriously, all his bikes disappeared. He had a, a R69. What? And a Fuji Rabbit. And mysteriously, when he died, mm-hmm. somebody went into his garage and cleared out all his, his Everything bikes. Everything magically went away. Yeah, but I mean, not. And kept legally. it out of the hands of probate. Right? Yeah, but I was not. He didn't have any family. Right. So. Well, hopefully it was a prearranged situation <laughs> with a friend of his that kept things out of probate as opposed to. I do not believe it was. Uh, uh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Make those arrangements, by the way. If you haven't made those arrangements, if you have a big collection of bikes um, and they're titled in your name and things like that, find a friend. Um, do that for your motorcycles and also do that for your porn. Um, hide your porn? Well, not so much hide, hide your, your porn. kids because they're raping everybody. <laughs> well, the idea being your porn and your motorcycles, you know, you don't want those to go to the state. You don't want your family to have to deal with your porn and you might not want your family to have to deal with your motorcycles. So if you've got a bunch of motorcycles hiding in a warehouse somewhere that your wife doesn't know about, make sure one of your friends is your official point of contact so that she doesn't either not know about them and they end up going into the state's hands, which I've got a couple of bikes that I'm dealing with right now where the previous owner is no longer in his corporeal form. And we'll never get a title for him. They're done. Forget about it. Those bikes will never have titles. 
at least not in this state. It's the worst possible scenario. It really so, is. That's why you need a, a TOD. You just put TODs on everything. Yep. Yep. That's but, true. But now I heard... Explain I, a TOD to our oh, podcast. transfer on death. Exactly. So you just name somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you uh, transfer a title, you just name somebody that... It's just like they own the bike. If you die, they own the bike. They have to present the death certificate. Yeah, and then they get they pay 15 bucks, and then mm-hmm. the, it's in their name. That's exactly but, right. Uh, the state of Ohio now said that it used to be three vehicles. Right. And now it's... Ten, really? Something ridiculous. I was thinking, well, it still doesn't help me. Yeah, but how are you? You have to die a couple of times. (laughs) I don't know that one bike I got for free. The guy was giving it away. Uh Boy, sure. I went through the paperwork, and he had the original title. He had a death certificate. He had a a signed um, power of attorney from the executor of the estate and everything. And he never got it. He never got it. No, and I'm in. I'm dealing with the same situation right now. I've got a couple of bikes. I've got one bike from one fella who passed while we had the bike in our service department. We did about $2,500 of the work to his bike, and that's more than the dollar value of the bike by anybody's standard. We can't get the bike. So we can't get a title at least. And the other one is a bike that we got that it's arguably it's worth, you know, three grand or something. And we're never going to see the title. And that's one, it's, you know, there's two motorcycles right now that, in our state at least, we can't get the title. And this state is ridiculous. I mean, we've already talked about how ridiculous it's one of many, but a lot of states are that way. Titles. Yeah. I, I have a signed uh, power of attorney uh-huh. from like, this guy had two PC 800s in like Madison or something, and I yeah. bought them. He, he, I have a signed power of attorney. From him giving me the right to sign his, you know, sign right. his title buy and or yeah. sell. Right. right, the bike and sign him over to myself. You got it. And yep. so he has this all right now. I take it in. They refuse to accept it. Yeah. So I had to go. What I did was since I went to the guy previous, yeah, that he he never transferred the title. Yep. I went to the previous guy and he said I'd give you fifty bucks. Right. If you just go, go in there and get a duplicate title. title. Yeah. And the guy was, hey, he's like, I don't give a shit. I'll go in there and get the Absolutely. duplicate title. And he got the duplicate title. But I can only do it with one of them. The other guy couldn't find. So um, It is, that is one of those things. So if you are a person it that. A, it should be a year. They should say that after a certain well, the, year. My argument certain on value. that yeah. is this. Is if it's out there and it's not titled or it's in a dead person's name, then right. how do you know? So why not just let somebody put a title on it? Then you know where the bike is. <laughs> If somebody wants to come lay claim to it, they yep. can say, well, oh, well, we see this asshole Phil Water yep. or this asshole John McElford, exactly. this asshole Steve. Right. This is where it's at, and this is their address. Mm-hmm. They just registered this two at weeks ago. At least now you have a record of where the fucking thing is, as opposed to before, all you had was a yellow piece of paper from, you know, 19 giggity whatever that showed this guy was the owner of it. You got money. You yep. got some amount of tax money. You had to claim, you know what I mean? It's yeah. very difficult, and it, it, it's heartbreaking when you get in that situation with a good motorcycle. Or they're turning it into a boat anchor. A yeah, and it is a boat anchor, and it becomes a pile of fucking parts at that point. Uh, speaking of which, if anybody needs parts for an R75, uh, one of our friends, Marty, our local barber here from uh, Marty's... Uh, Chop, chop shop down the street, right? Exactly. Chop it's shop. called Mel's, M-E-L-S. <laughs> uh, but it's Marty Lofton, our friend. Uh, he was hit on his BMW. Now, he's fine, but the person that, uh, the person that hit him uh, was of questionable insurance. Yeah. And, yeah, so it's, it's become a real problem. 
and the bike is totaled. The frame's bent on this uh, BMW R75. But what we can tell you is the motor still runs good because despite the frame being bent and despite the I'm force being in, bent. I'm interested in that. I was able to start the motorcycle up and use the motor's own power to drive it up in the back of my pickup truck as it tried to fucking kill me because everything's bent. But uh, yeah, about transplanting that into the Ural. There's a good idea. That's a goddamn good idea. Now that's a fucking brilliant idea. So I rescind my statement to the podcast listeners and direct it to you, sir, um, of the Lakewood Hofferts. I think you should put that in your Ural. Because then at least it would be reliable. It'd be reliable like a frame as fuck. In half. And it's a really good motor, though. It is a really. I mean, we've. We've been keeping that bike alive for a couple of years for Marty. It's a good motor. So that's a happy bike. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect destination for that drivetrain. Well, how how difficult is that? Is it a It's not difficult. It's not very I've done it before. Yeah. yeah, it's not difficult. That's that's actually quite easy. Some things you'll you are going to discover the difference between the Russian and the German builds, <laughs> but it's not that bad. We've we've done this. Yeah, so, it yeah. won't sound like a box of rocks underneath you? <laughs> no, 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 it won't. It'll lose all of that nice Ural charm. Yeah. yeah. You'll, be, you'll be deficient, the Ural charm, but you'll gain about 75% of horsepower. Right. Yeah. You'll be able to achieve speeds as high as 70. Yeah. Without <laughs> things literally shooting out the cases. <laughs> that's pretty rad. Well, that's good. That You're the perfect recipient for that then. Uh, yeah, so we'll work that out. That's cool. And then we'll have a bunch of little um, extra... R75 parts to scatter around because yeah in our, in his position it's like he's not the insurance company's not ponying up enough to even pay for the tow or the impound because when he got in a crash they picked it up they took it to the impound lot and they left it there for a while and those guys are fucking savages it cost me over 400 bucks just to get the thing released to me mm. and you know how they are they want cash well, so, that's ridiculous it is ridiculous so it's sad for that but it sounds like we got a real good home for that motor. That's fantastic. Couldn't be happier. I'm smelling a price. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I think, I think we can get around all that. Because Marty's on the hook to us for paying for his towing. We, pay, we paid for his towing. We paid for his storage. And we paid for transport. And It's a lot of haircuts. And especially for a guy who does his own fucking haircuts. For a guy who does his own work. Uh, I never darken the doors of any barbershop. You know, keep me in style I'm used to. I always miss, like, a patch, and it always seems like I miss it, like, at the motorcycle show. And yeah. I'm like an escape mental patient. Like, <laughs> it's like right here, like this. I always like, come into work the next day and immediately talk to Renee, and I'm like, yeah. all right, so I'll talk to Renee or I'll talk to Emmy, and I'll be like, okay, so I gave myself a haircut today, and I'll take my hat or my hood off, and they're like, oh, my God, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but half the time they don't what, tell that's you. That's what women do, though. That is what women do. As soon as they find out you cut your own hair, they're like... <laughs> you actually make a good point. Oh, my wife but Emmy's a beautician, thing. too. Emmy's a licensed goddamn beautician. Yeah, right. I've, yeah. looked at, I've cut my hair perfectly. I've looked in two mirrors and everything. <clears> and then, sure. and as soon as I tell my wife, oh, did you go get your hair cut? No, I did it myself. Oh, let me see. <gasps> oh, it's all crooked oh, here. So if back. you lied and just said you went to, like, you know, Smuggle Ducks or oh, oh. <laughs> Jane's or whatever the <laughs> fuck those things are. Oh, I, I, I went to Lady Jane's. Lady Jane's, exactly. Like the place that promises you a rub and tug, and then you get in there and realize, no. no it's Sad a, story. It's a haircut. <laughs> just, just buy the Floby and be done with it. Exactly. That. I have one, and I love it. Yeah, I got like the uh, the Remington version of a Floby. What's a Floby? I've been using Floby? my old Con Air for the last 20 years. Exactly. <laughs> the Floby. It's the suck cut. 
My, this is really Reaser. sucking, and it's cutting too. It's it's a unit that it has a vacuum a in it, and it, you just rub it over your head. It pulls your hair up and it cuts it off at a certain depth. And I just use shears and I just cut it all off. Yeah. Shear it. I mean, I'm but kind of I'm, I'm kind of surprised that no. Steve doesn't know what a Flowbee is. I've I mean, that, never heard of that. <clears throat> it kind Look of. It up on your I, oh, I'm totally looking it up on the machine. I'm going to fucking cast it up to the goddamn video too in a second. Never or two. heard of it. Like, the I, fact that you've never seen the Flowbee. Um, it's a vacuum cleaner with the world's worst set of trimmers built into it. But and you can so, upgrade the trimmers. You right? No, yeah. when I was a kid, my dad yeah. would shear my hair, and my mom would stand behind me with the vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Same game. Yeah, it's just a, that's Seriously. just a two-person flow. But every single time I got my hair cut, my dad yeah. would like. Just grind that thing into my ear. There's our commander in chief yeah, using a floppy. What the hell it was? Yeah. Well, here's yeah. what it is. Yeah. You have to set up your you have to set up your trimmer right because if you don't, and you put it on the finest settings, and the moving blades are a little bit past the static blades. Uh-huh. Oh, it hurts so bad. Yeah, well, it, it burns yeah. you really bad because it's just like, and that's, and that's my dad used to do that always on the really? back of neck. It'd be always red because Ooh. his trimmers weren't set up right. No, know? no, you gotta say he'd go for the full low thing, and then he'd go, and you could just feel like. Yeah. No, that's cutting you, man. That's cutting you. That's no fun at all. The, uh, <laughs> I, y- yeah, oh boy. yeah. Again, we're not going to get political. No, There's no reason no, to get political. No, why? Why would we even try to do that? <laughs> it's not worth it. So yeah, if you guys want to be a part of the motorcycle show, uh, Renee left me a note. Let me see Renee's note. Renee left. Uh, she said, uh, "Last call for logos." So if you, um, if you've been watching our YouTube video, you're going to see that Greg Huth, H-U-T-H, did a wonderful job giving us a logo, our logo that we've done on our stickers and stuff like that. Greg has done a beautiful job. He's local. Peggy saw the uh, Cleveland Moto stickers, and she's yes. like, those are really cute. I'm she glad really she liked, liked those. Them. And she gave cool. one to her friend. So that's Greg Huth. That's a friend of ours. Um, if anybody else has any logo submissions or emissions uh, that they would like to send in, we would like to have your logos because then we're going to do our final analysis, and uh, somebody's going to win some stuff. I've got, I've set aside a couple of helmets. I've set aside a jacket. Um, we've set aside some cool stuff for people who want to submit logos in uh, in any format. We're there. We're gonna we're gonna take a look and we're gonna judge them. And then Renee also says we have got T-shirts in our store. So if you go to Cleveland Moto, our website, and you click on the store. She's got just. <laughs> fucking shloads of t-shirts that she's blowing out so um we've taken our entire t-shirt inventory for the you know for the winter holidays and we are killing it man i mean we're just we're we're throwing stuff out at extraordinarily cheap prices and uh people might ask what those cheap prices are um how about 13 dollars wow 13 bucks. For a t-shirt? 13 bucks for a custom printed from our podcast listeners artwork of our squid wearing the motorcycle t-shirt or squid wearing the motorcycle helmet. Um, $13. So 13 bucks. How about a Cleveland Moto beanie for the winter time? 15 bucks. How about a long sleeved or a baseball uh, baseball T-shirt, a baseball T-shirt with the Moto Guzzi logo and the Cleveland Moto logo. In it. At that Only price, you can bucks. afford to run them through your goat and use them for fertilizer. Exactly. Um, <laughs> do you remember those uh, the silent partner shirts that we did to celebrate the 1903 Cleveland Press article yeah, those, about the guy racing cool the board track? Yeah. Um, we're doing those for 13 bucks a piece. 
So we're blowing you out. You should get one of those. You those should are get cool. those. And uh, we've got a couple of them left. It's the Silent Partner Flat Tracker T. And if you go to Cleveland Moto, our website, and you go to the store, it's the store logo. It's not hard to find. And you go in there, and here's what I can tell you that every single thing you buy from the Cleveland Moto store is made by us or made by somebody we contracted to make it. For instance, our little hoodies, our, our, our hoodies are all made here in town. Our T-shirts are all made in town, usually by Renee or me and Renee, and usually in our underwear. Literally, there is a T-shirt rig <laughs> yep. in your underwear. It's true. It's all true. Um, making T-shirts is hot business. And uh, <laughs> our scarves, our Moto Guzzi scarves, um, we got those down to 25 bucks. Those are made in Germany. Our uh, knit caps are made in Germany. It's the Germans. Yep, it's the Germans. They make some very good products, the Germans. So, yeah, we got all kinds of cool shit. The old, original podcast shirts. These are Gen 1 Dustin. So Dustin made this art. It's the side of a BMW R50, if you look at it closely. Um, that is the side of a BMW R50 motorcycle with the ClevelandMoto.com. It's our original podcast logo. It may or may not be crooked. Seven bucks a piece. Yeah, may or may not be crooked, depending on how drunk we were when we made the shirts. Um, Seven bucks. So $7 for any of our remaining ClevelandMoto.com original podcast shirts. So you get those by going to ClevelandMoto.com, clicking on the store link, and you just order to your heart's fucking content. Now, it is not Amazon.com. You are not going to get free Prime Shipping, shipping, unless you prime me first. Uh, no, you're not going to get prime shipping, um, unless you're the guy that sent me the bottle of fucking rum, prime. in which case I'll, you earned it. Um, so, yeah, so there's some cool shit on the Cleveland Moto. We sell stuff. Like, believe it or not, we have shit. And if you like listening to the podcast and you want a shirt for $7, for fuck's sake, um, I've been shipping a lot of these. And for most places in America, a T-shirt ships for about 3 to 4 bucks. So they're not real expensive to ship. You know, you, you might be in it for as much as like 11 bucks by the time you're all done. Wow. Yeah, and that's one of our originals. So if you like our vintage podcast, you might like our vintage T-shirts. So I think they were printed the same week. You yeah. might like our vintage podcast. They're shelf-aged. Yeah, exactly, right. And you're getting the vintage podcast for free, so what the fuck, right? With the vintage podcasters. With the vintage podcast, yeah, you're getting that for free, too. No Whoa. shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> vintage and then some. <laughs> you're feeling all that shit, right? So um, and I like feel free. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go to our website, buy shit. Uh, and if you buy shit to, and you say you're a podcast listener, you know, put a little note in there that says you're a podcast listener. We'll throw some stickers and stuff in there. Speaking you know? of podcast listeners, have yeah. you had any phone calls to the bat phone or boy, have we it? ever? Um, Do we sue them and how? Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh man. Uh, <clears throat> one sending me a picture of your Chihuahua dog. Interesting as it might be, teetering on creepy. All right, the uh, I'm gonna grab my phone real quick. We're gonna get some, get some quick podcast listener uh, pod, some feedback. Stuff. Some feedbacks. Thank you very much. Thank you for finding the words I can't due to rum impairment and uh, deliciousness in general. Um, did we get any feedback from Cinch? By the way, is he done with his meeting yet? He was saying that uh, people are dragging it out. Oh, I'm sure they are. What well, the fuck? Yeah. 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 So he's in with his little elf. Oh, his wife. Oh, look at them. They look adorable, and they're missing the podcast. Let's see that. Yeah. But, yeah, there you go. I remember my work party. I was so happy to take a picture with Mrs. Claus and Mrs. Claus's little helper, and I'm I'm sitting there all cheeky like, oh, my God, look at this. And then I was informed that Mrs. Claus's little helper, who I thought was, you know, whatever. Fetching. And, fetching. Yeah. Was actually Mrs. Claus's actual 16-year-old daughter, and I was like, oh. <gasps> No. 
really? You did that to me? Oh. oh. I thought That's she was, not good. I, I thought she was of legal tender and was just. Tender. No, she was yeah. just tender. Emphasis on the tender. Illegal tender. Our friend Alan. 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 Um, Alan's from Louisville. So I mean, you guys will remember Alan. So if you know, if you were at AMA Vintage Days, Alan's a sweet, just a sweetheart. Um, hope you guys are doing well. Just started on Podcast 260 this morning. I have some interesting videos from AMA this past summer. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Anytime anybody tells me I have interesting videos, I always get a little concerned, just a little bit. Uh, he said it gets real interesting in the back corner late night, early in the a.m. Thanks for all the content. I'm regularly seen laughing with my headphones on the desk at work. Oh, well, Steve's got into but, bonus rounds. Uh, there was, uh, some, yeah. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's I, more. Wait, there's I can tell you is one of the uh, it's sticky though people who actually oh, camped out in the back corner there. Yeah. But um, it, it, there was some spectacularity. Well, here's the listening to 260 some more on the way to work, and I heard your suggestion requesting for dick pics. I went digging through the arsenal and came up with something from Vintage Days. This was from the burnout box of the Luvin Moto setup. Some random guy that may have been someone inebriated. Fucking scooter guys. Uh, it's a dude on a fucking Yamaha Zuma who is fucking naked as Naked Jim. I think you can see his fucking spine. Um, dude is naked, and he's doing a full-on burnout on a Yamaha Zuma 50, yeah. and uh, people are pouring all manner of alcohol abuse on him while they're doing it. So, But Alan, 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 uh, Alan, Alan, uh, Alan. So well done, Alan. I want a T-shirt of the young lady who was on a KX250, whatever, <laughs> who was standing up on the bike, giving it full beans, Chugging a bottle of whiskey. It was like, oh, wow. Look at you. Yeah. You are an angel. Yeah. Big Ben. (laughs) uh, So Big Ben, this this cat, one of our listeners from Bakersfield, uh, California, he is, he he asked a question. He says, "Uh, can a person that doesn't live in Ohio register a bike in Ohio? Of course. Well, so Montana and Vermont are pretty much the ones. So Montana and Vermont get the credit as being places where you can actually register a motor vehicle without actually living there. And I think maybe Vegas, too, Um, Nevada. Uh, He says the reason for this is in California, a bike has to have at least 7,500 miles or be 50-state compliant in order to bring it into California. Because if you want to have something sexy like a two-stroke and you want to have it in California, you can't until it has 7,500 miles on it in another state. Well, so. I know, too, California has crazy, like, when my niece moved out there, <coughs> she got double taxed, so she had her car. Oh, no way. She hadn't owned her car for long enough so that when she moved into California, she had to pay another, like, 10% sales tax on it because she was importing it into the land of California's. Wow. That's, I mean, come on. And It's California with a K. It's California, exactly. So, yeah, we got a dick pic of the guy's wiener dog. Uh, on uh, sitting on his bike, yeah, and he's got a uh, looks like a Suzuki in the background. But I mean, it's is a. I don't know if I'd go as far as say it's a wiener dog. It looks like a wiener mutt. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm, I'll be a little judgy. That's fine. Um, it may not, may or may not be an actual dick pic. The uh, <laughs> so you say no dick pics, and all of a sudden you're gonna get dick pics. Oh no, that's gonna happen immediately. I've heard many people. Uh, but Big Ben though, Big Ben was at the motorcycle show, and I got to give him credit because Big Ben did. Made the trouble of posting up on a fucking Vespa, and he took a picture of himself on a Vespa and sent us a picture of him on a Vespa. 
So, well done, Big Ben. We appreciate that shit because, you know what, we are scooter curious or scooter enthusiastic at this at this podcast. Um, I know it's weird for people to be like, oh, you're a motorcycle podcast. No, no, you guys, you, know, you don't ride scooters, do you? No, we totally ride scooters. Scooters are fun. Scooters like, are a blast. Scooters are a blast. There is, there is nothing wrong with enjoying a scooter. It, it, it's just... Again, we're drinking beer, we're drinking rum, we're drinking whiskey, whatever. They're all just different flavors of the same destination. Fun. I feel bad my scooter didn't see the light of day this year. You didn't ride your bike this year, did you? Yeah, that's, that's a little weird. Your ego is inversely proportionate to your displacement. This is true. That is absolutely true. With a scooter, you have... There's nobody there trying to like show off their fucking, like, check it out, dude. 1300 cool. cc's <laughs> yeah and no with scooters it's more like it runs <laughs> <laughs> you did that on a yes, scooter that's Holy always shit. my favorite thing like you, can like do you said that? our our customer that ran from the police last week everybody was freaking out because he was like evading the police at over 60 miles an hour on a scooter now is it cooler to evade on a vespa or on like a hayabusa you bet your ass it's cooler it's way cooler oh to it's evade way the cooler a vespa. oh fuck yeah that's what he said i would sell a lot more vespas if somebody balls. would be nice sure. enough to go rob a bank on a fucking vespa so if somebody could go commit like a high crime or treasonous misdemeanor on a vespa i'd sell a lot more uh hey hey phil it's phil from denver I have a question for the show. What is your most favorite and least favorite engine configuration? Well, let me tell you. And why? V-twin, inline four, three-cylinder, electric, rotary, or turbine? Way to be a dick with the whole fucking turbine reference. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd, of course I'd love a turbine. <laughs> well, of course we would. Everybody I, everybody wants a Y2K. Right, yeah, exactly. Oh, not enough torque. Oh. Uh, you got to wait for that to you spool always, up. You always yeah. got this yeah. one guy. Right, one guy. Flat. It's not the thrust. It's going through a gearbox. I want a flat Ford diesel. <laughs> a flat <laughs> Turbo Ford diesel. Flat Ford so turbo gonna diesel. Two, we're going to take the 2.9 out of my Pajero, yep. which is a boat anchor, and it might put out 130 on its best day of the, of the Hispas. <laughs> and it weighs And it weighs a lot. Pounds. It's very heavy. <laughs> And we're going to put it into whatever frame you want, and you can go dieseling down the road. Everyone's so fucking fetishy about the idea of a diesel motorcycle. Like, oh, it's a diesel. I don't Who want just, a I fuck? don't want a single cylinder diesel. Right. I want like I like that at that uh, uh, auto. What was it? Autorama. Yeah. Whatever they call it now. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, mo- yeah, yeah. Piston power show. Planes it's the piston whatever. power show. Yeah. So. Yeah. This guy built a motorcycle around a five-cylinder Mercedes yes, diesel. Yes, he did. That was a sweet bike. It was. It was a train wreck and of a he, bike. He made it. He the frame was welded yeah. wrenches. Yes, it was. It was all wrenches. It was. Yeah. It was yeah. the sweetest mm-hmm. bike. And, and when you say that it was fabricated, that is the underuse of the word fabrication, because everything. There was no fucking part on the bike that was bought to do the job it did. No. Nope. It was never meant to be part of a motorcycle. No. It's like the guy went into a scrapyard with an all-you-can-carry pass and just said, fuck it. I got a welder. And there was no weight limit because that thing looked Stick like it weighed it. at least 3,700 pounds. Oh, no, it had to. The engine, oh, no, there was the no engine MIG. itself had to weigh 1,000 yeah. pounds. And there was no was MIG. Like- and I think that bike is in the window of a... Uh, a resale shop in Willoughby right now. So there's this cool little resale shop that's like a, basically like an indoor garage sale shop that's right by the Willoughby Brewing Is Company. It for sale? No, it's just sitting there. But yeah, it's, it's like every bit of like that farm tractor motor 
and it's got like a giant fucking grill on it. <laughs> it's got this huge, ridiculous radiator on it, like a Steve, brass radiator. for sale. Yeah, that's true. That is no, true. I can't afford it. I have to buy another dump truck from Phil. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that I'm going to have to admit to the fact that I'm importing a dump truck is getting weird, man. Because, I mean, like, so far the biggest thing I've imported has been, like, the, the FJ-80 or the hearse. So the FJ-80 and the hearse, they're pretty big. They're big in their own right. But that dump truck is fucking huge, man. Like, that's a real... The idea of bringing a dump, dump truck to... Cleveland, Ohio from Japan is like bringing sand to the fucking beach. We have no shortage of dump trucks here. I never want to ride on the left again. Oh, oh, oh you've I been love, bitten by the right-hand drive I bug. love riding on the right-hand side of the road because yeah. then I could just kill my passenger. <laughs> and not me when I fall asleep. It makes garbage picking so much easier. Yeah. You're right there on the curb with the shit. my mail. I could just pull right up to my mailbox. And yeah, it makes drive throughs a bitch, though. Yeah, like, oh, he does. That's, if I'm in a little car, like one of the micro cars and stuff, then you go through a drive-thru, it's no big deal. I got long arms. Anybody who knows me knows I got, like, fucking reach like an orangutan. But when I'm, like, in an FJ80, when I'm in a proper oh, no big way. car, and I pull up to Wendy's, and I'm like, yeah, just throw me the fries. Just, I'll, I'll just fucking open my mouth and go for your... Give, me, give it a shot. I'll throw you my credit card. You throw me the Frosty. And, uh, you know, it's like a Mexican standoff. Do it. Do it. Just throw it now. I'll you need throw a passenger it. in order to go through. A you do need to have a passenger to go through the fucking drive-through. Either just back in or back. Yes, well, <laughs> yeah, going this way. I showed Merritt when you she. Know. We went through the ATM and I pulled you through know. the ATM backwards so she could use her card. You can't walk in. <laughs> yeah, but then then you wouldn't get all the drive-through all the drive-through people. Go through backwards. I think that's the way to do it. All the drive-through people though love it when you come through in a right-hand drive car. They absolutely lose their shit. And they're like, where did you get this? You know, and usually they're like, you know, the steering wheel's on the wrong side. And I was like, I thought I noticed something weird this morning when I got in the car. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. It's always better to just play it off like you're as surprised as they are. You know, I figured out why it's not so strange to drive a right-hand drive car. Okay. Uh-oh, if you're on a motorcycle exactly. and you've ever ridden with a group. Right. Half the time you ride on the right, yeah, whatever half lane the time you're you ride in. on the left. It's like you're just staying in the lane. That's all you have to do. Actually, I always stay to the left. You're, yeah, he I, runs I on the I line. Like, I don't I I always drive in the curb lane. John always runs left. on the center line. Every time we've ridden anywhere, yeah. he's always right on the I double I try to be there, yeah. but, you know. Yeah, he likes down. to keep a visual. And I like to run the curb, so I'll tend to run the curb. Uh, I don't know why. Like, I, there's no logic to it. But when Steve's driving on the highway yeah. and he's passing a truck, he's right up next to the truck. No, oh, he's literally so like it, rubbing the saying, tires. And he's saying to himself, this is my lane. This is my, <laughs> my lane. Don't you see that line? Don't you see yeah. that dotted line? This is my lane, motherfucker. You and your 45,000 pounds. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm on a 600-pound motorcycle. <laughs> this I is own still this my lane. fucking lane. Somehow I feel the space in between the double yellow lines is my safe zone. That is really, I mean. And, <laughs> I just want to run That's all you need. <laughs> you know, uh, you never see roadkill on the double yellow line. Nope. You always see roadkill anywhere else on the road, but they're never right on the perfect middle part of the line. Yeah. I only have to go like this to pass. Right. I only have to go like this exactly. to get out of somebody. <laughs> I could have the left yellow line or the right yellow line. Either way, I feel very comfortable. I've got three lanes there. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's for real. So that uh, gal who had the uh, Italian uh, Prosecco, yeah. did she ever bring that in? Not uh, yet. No? She's threatening to. Okay. I yeah. do All have right. a line on some limoncello. We may see or may not see. I don't know. Oh, okay. That's Homemade. good. But yeah, Homemade. Yeah. 
um, she, this this woman that you're talking about. Yeah, last name she has Jantek, a, Yeah, yeah, she has a prosecco wagon. So it's a uh, it's a Vespa Ape, which is a three wheeler. Uh, fun fact. Um, Piaggio made many, many vehicles, and the metal ones that look like wasps are called Vespas because Vespa is the Italian word for wasp. You may have seen three-wheeled Vespas that look more utilitarian, and those are called apes. They look like the word ape, A-P-E, but it's pronounced ape, and that's the Italian word for bee. So the worker bees are called apes, and the sporty little zippy ones are called wasps, Vespas. So she has a Piaggio ape, uh, and she's using it to sell Prosecco. Right. And so that's kind of a thing. It, it's, uh, I know more than one person now that has an ape that they're using to sell Prosecco. And they go around to different events, and they sell Prosecco out of the back of a Vespa three-wheeled uh, you know, utility vehicle. But it's got taps in it. And yeah. It's all the right colors and stuff yeah, like it's that. Cool. And it's very Tuscan. They'll, yeah. they'll take it to... Yeah, you know, bridal shows yeah. or things like that. And they, uh, and so she got this thing from somebody over in Europe, and they <laughs> they sold it to her, and then they sold her some parts to go with it and everything else. And sounds like it's not real healthy. So you know, we we know these inside and out. So if somebody if she does bring it by, we'll be happy to get it running for her. So you know, we'll get to the point where she can actually drive it. They're weird little vehicles. They're uh, they're it's one of those things like you know you like we were talking about the charging system, the thing called a starterator. Starter, I love yeah. starterators. Like to me, the idea of a starterator is just the coolest thing in the world. It's, it's one device, mm-hmm. and it's one device, and it's a device that if you spin it one way, it makes electricity. If you spin it the other way, it makes motive power to start a, an engine. Well, Yamaha used a similar thing yep. called the charging starting dynamo. Yes, a dynamo. So it's right. basically like a uh, looks like a vacuum cleaner it's motor. It it's an yep. armature, you know, you with a stator it. around it. There's no fixed magnet. Yeah. It's right. no, yeah. yeah. And it's My a super cub has the uh, same thing. The start exactly. Uh, it's a Kohler engine, but yep. it's got a it's got it on the side with a belt. Yep. And it runs. It, it starts the engine. Yep. And then as soon as it starts, it generates. It starts power. generating electricity. And I love the simplicity of that in any motorcycle engine or any motor engine, any engine anywhere, where you can have one set of electrical windings. You know the the time and the care that it makes that takes to build a generator or an alternator. Um, a starter motor. Well, rather than having two or three of these on your motorcycle, how about if you just had one? Yeah. And just one of them did everything you need. Then, like on the Yamaha, there yep. was a basically a mechanical voltage regular, but mm-hmm. also had relays. So that's yeah. how it worked. When you were starting it, the relay went one way. Exactly. But then, as soon as it started up, yep. the voltage kicked that kicked relay, relay out and way. flipped it over at yeah. the charging. Side. Because you just have a momentary. So you just have a momentary that runs to your battery. And that momentary switch that runs to your battery, that makes the demand and creates that high-tension feed to turn that son of a bitch into a fucking starter for just enough time to get things happening. And uh, a lot of utility vehicles will happen that way. The Cushmans are set up that way. A lot of stuff that is more utility-minded. And it is fun to work on things like that because when uh, you brought that relay in today, and that you could have killed a man with that flash oh, that, relay. The, the flash relay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was that the was digital pretty mechanical. Yeah. Uh, like, wow, there's a lot going on with this thing. Yeah, and and it Federal does nothing. Relay. Yeah. Yeah, and it does nothing but flash lights. But That's it flashes it. lights better than anything else you could imagine, under extremely bad conditions at high voltages and high loads. 
You imagine the wattage that that fucking thing can handle and do it for hours on end because I'm assuming that came out of an emergency vehicle. I think it probably went to a light bar or something right. like that or yeah. some, you know, big, you know, old school incandescent. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. And and that's just an example of like this is not the little flash relay that's just you know a little freaking. But they were nice chip enough on to a put board. a clear cover on it. Too, I so love the chip. So you could literally like wizardry oh. inside. You could see the, the parts inside. The yeah. dielectric uh, thing that would move back and forth as it heated and cooled. Oh yeah, and go back and forth. Christmas yeah. light bulb. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I mean, like I always love that kind of stuff. So it's just it's great when you can have a project or you can have something that that works. Uh, I built a Volts regulator years ago. I built it like a Heath kit. You know, I built it like Heath on a kit. breadboard. I wish you were still around. And well, you know, you can get them at Radio Shack. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah. And I love that because, like, I decided I was like, oh well, I can build a voltage regulator on this motorcycle that you know there aren't parts for anymore. And yeah, I built my own voltage regulator, and I, and it was fun because the idea was I understood the way it worked, and I understood how it worked because. It was my introduction to motorcycle electronics. And there's a lot to be said for that. And you can do that today, believe it or not. You can purchase the chips. You can purchase a board. And you can build with MOSFETs and things like that. You can actually build a voltage regulator and do it better than I did back in 1980-whatever. Just have Nick do it. Well, Nick is clearly a hell of a resource, too. And he's going to do, do it his way with all the modern components because he's a young fella. So he's going to use all the modern stuff at his he advantage. Has an electrical engineering degree. Not a, not the worst thing ever either. Yeah. He needs to start building CDIs for '80s bikes. Did you see he's building all these suspension parts for Fiats? So he's building like you know suspension arms and trailing links and all kinds of crap for little Italian cars. Just because? Why not? Because because nobody fail, else wants them. Because they fail so easily. I think if I was going to bankroll anybody in this room, yeah. I'm just saying. Well, he's the guy who's going to build 200 things nobody are ever going to pay for, but then he's going to build one thing that the right guy's going to pay for. So he'll have like a whole list of things that he built that nobody wants. Sure. Yeah. Until he's a billionaire. Until he builds the one thing that everybody wants. And then when he builds the one thing everybody wants, it's game on. Well, as long as he's building Fiat 850 parts, nobody's going to give a tick. You know, nobody, it's, it's like, yeah, well, that's There's adorable. There's only two left. <laughs> I'm going to build enough of these to satisfy every Fiat owner in the world. So here's the two parts. Good. And I have one left over. <laughs> oh, Nick, we oh, love Oh, Nick, we love oh, talking about so you when you're not here. That's it. Anybody else got anything else? I think that's it, man. Well, you know, a couple... Yeah. Years ago, we talked about uh, taking a road trip down to uh, Tale of the Dragon. Yes. And I thought we talked about maybe doing it on scooters. Yes. Well, we always love that idea. Yeah. Maybe to, you know my monkey. Yeah, or or yeah. something like that. And is that still uh, on the list I of things to do? I love that idea. I mean, I'm, I'm not joking when I tell you that I, I absolutely... I think that's a fantastic and I'm, idea. I'm sure you get a pile of podcast listeners saying, hey, we're going to head over there to the... Uh, Cleveland uh, Moto uh, Weekend uh, up and down the tail. It, when it comes to riding uh, any vehicle on the tail of the dragon, uh, less is more. Yeah. So uh, if you're there with 1,100 cc's, you have 900 too many. Uh, <laughs> we, when we think back to all the times that we've done the dragon, that we've done it with scooters, it's been a blast. And I mean, it always has been a blast. And... Having uh, 
when you go there and you've got like that nine whole horsepower, uh, it, it does make that run into something totally different. And, and it seems like the, if you could do the dragon at an average speed of 39 miles per hour, you probably did the dragon right. Yeah. You know, it's like um, if you do it at 50, yeah, it's fucking terrifying. It's way too fast. And you're probably going to get arrested or crash or end, you know, end up on Killboy. But the, uh, if you, if you do it on a fucking Vespa, though, or some kind of scooter, it is kind of the right thing. And um, the weird thing about the dragon, of course, anybody knows that uh, dragon is best done like on a Tuesday. You know, uh, things get kind of thick down there on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So my only, uh, my only complaint about the dragon is that the dragon tends to be a thing better done on Mid-week. a... Midweek. Yeah, it's true, right? That's yeah, fine. It's true. And so uh, if you do think about that, the, if, if somebody does want to help, help out or volunteer some time, um, I do love the idea of doing a scooter thing to the dragon because for us, it's about 11 hours away, yeah. you know, and uh, we could easily throw five or six scooters in the back of Daniel Kromke's old trailer and uh, end up down there and hook end it up, up to the, the back end of the bus. Oh, we have a new van now. I'm teasing. So we have a 12-passenger van. So now that we have Yikes. a 12-pat, yeah. Yeah, we have a Yoder toter. Yoder toter. Yeah, we got a proper E350. So now that we have a proper E350, we can we can go places and do things and, you know, and and have some uh, we could have some of those kind of adventures. So I think, yeah, I would, oh, I would love to do a dragon run. Uh, plus, I'd like to see us actually run like a decent cabin with like a hot tub. Like, yeah, let's, let's so have- we did that one year and, um, you know, the guys, uh, we met the guys from Kentucky down there and we did the hostel. So we, it's, you're a little bit away from the dragon. You're maybe 10 or 15 miles away from the actual dragon itself. But we went down there, Dustin and, uh, Shane and all of us, we went down, we had a goddamn great time. And, um, yeah, I, I, no, no, the hostel is a cabin, dude. All right. No, no, it's a cabin. Like, it's, it's got, nice. oh, it's got sleeping for 18 people and, you know, six shitters and hot tub. I don't know if it had a hot tub. No, I don't think it had it a hot a, tub. It has a cold tub. It had a burn pit, and that was real oh, important. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a must. Yeah, it had a, it had a real nice burn pit. It had a real nice, pa- uh, real nice pavilion, too, so you can grill up your food. Okay. And it had, a, it had yeah. a gun range, too, I think. Well, we provided our own gun range, but, yeah, but they have a gun range now. So they, they, thought it was a good, go. they thought it was a good enough idea to run with it. So, yeah, I do, I do dig that. Um, I know that if we go to the old scoot.net uh, things, I know we can find pictures from the original, uh, from the original uh, dragon runs because we had a good group of scooterists that showed up and, and rode scooters all over the dragon. We had a good time. And that is a damn good thing. I also think we should work for, uh, January or February getting out on Lake. I think I'm ready. I think we need to get on some ice cause you know, like anything, I don't care. I, I love fishing in Quebec, you know? Um, I think it'd be, I think that'd be fun to get out on a little bit of Lake Erie and go around in circles. Maybe. I mean, we, we all, a heated, uh, structure out on the ice like well, who doesn't have a snowsuit yeah I right was looking at even who like, doesn't have a pair of really warm coveralls 60 bucks will buy you like the guide gear really <laughs> nice ice fishing <laughs> well i mean and we have vans and we have trailers and you know i have an rv but also we have an rv that right could be parked <laughs> exactly so yeah i don't think there's any I don't think there's any reason we couldn't go out there and have fun with that. So, all right, that sounds like a plan. So we're going to work on that. So uh, if anybody who's in the Detroit or Toledo area wants to help us get our ass motivated to come out and taste some ice, 
and get out on some of that uh, that nice thick uh, hard water that happens between uh, you know the Sandusky area and it's any not of the islands. Here anytime soon though, it's supposed to go up to fifty degrees. No, it's going to be warm as fuck. It was We're warm today. Yeah, 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 it's going to happen. Bike out. You could be riding on Christmas Day. You could totally be riding on Christmas Day. There's there's no reason you couldn't be. Um, that's Salt. why I'm. Yeah, yeah, that's why I'm going to Quebec. There's a, so, there, there's a reason, yeah. yeah. There you go. You don't All have right. to worry about that heat wave up there. Uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm supposed to go skating on that river and stuff outside of Ottawa and, you know, Sweet. strap the skates on, lace them up, go out and give them a tug. Uh, anybody else got anything else? That's it. That's it, man. Ride fast, take chances, people. Hey,